passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the December edition, the, the last 2020 edition of Post Perez. My name is W.H. Park, and uh, normally, of course, on Post Perez, I'd be joined by John Pollock, but uh, he, you know, he's still kind of on paternity leave. He, he's made his return to the main roster shows of, of Post Wrestling, but uh, the satellite shows, um, he hasn't caught up with watching his, uh, his fix of uh, Japanese wrestling, so um, he felt... I should I should contact somebody who who keeps up with with the Japanese scene a little bit better, and I reached out to uh, a good friend of mine, someone I know who watches almost everything and keeps up, and uh, that's my good friend Joey Bay. Joey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Wh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a uh, pretty exciting to be on one of the satellite uh, post wrestling shows again, and. Uh, yeah, I try to keep up with everything as best I can. It's uh, it's been a crazy year, as everybody knows. But uh, yeah, it's uh, recording these shows with you uh, gets me motivated to be excited about wrestling. So, <laughs> well, well, I mean, people might recognize your voice and your name from like your appearances from um, Cruel Summer and and Thunderstruck. It's not like you've never been uh, on a, on a podcast with me. It's like it's not like you've never been on post wrestling before. So it's kind of like a, a return for you. This is like your third time, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. If not more, um, I I know we did the yeah the cruel summer uh, and then the Jushin Liger and then I feel like we did something else. But we also just talk a lot in our our free time. So <laughs> this is true. We we do we do converse privately just about things in general, not just about wrestling. But but today we're going to talk about wrestling. And you know, I I, I have to confess to you that uh, I I had this whole like uh, intro designed to like you know just you know, say how much of a fan of Outlaw Mud Shows you are. <laughs> go and, for it. <laughs> no, no, no. But I thought, I'm just going to go straight ahead and just, just talk about the positives. <laughs> oh, Joey. no. No, I'm just kidding. So for those of you who don't know, uh, the, the phrase Outlaw Mud Show was, was coined by, I believe, Jim Cornette about indie wrestling and like deathmatch wrestling. And, and I just love that phrase. I just think it's funny. And I say it very ironically. I, I don't actually hate deathmatch wrestling per se. I, it's not for me. I don't necessarily hate it. I understand why people like it. But you are a big fan 
of that particular genre of wrestling, Joey. And so, like, you know, I will send private correspondence to you. Hey, how was that? How's that outlaw mud show uh, you went to in uh, in Indiana or something like that? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a gift and a curse because uh, I I enjoy what I watch, but I, I'm still not sure why I enjoy it. If that makes any sense, um, you know, I, I probably wasn't converted over to being a deathmatch fan until the past three or four years. And I'm a lifetime wrestling fan. And I used to just hand wave it all. And, and uh, even with big Japan, like I was a big, I've always been a, for uh, not always, but you know, for the past 10, 15 years, I've been a big Daisuke Sakamoto fan. He's by far my favorite wrestler um, in the world. Um, along with the rest of the strong division in, in big Japan. But, you know, I, I don't understand what happened. I just, I was watching a Masashi Takeda, uh, deathmatch one day and it, it just you know kept playing after a Daisuke Sakamoto match and I was like oh maybe I do like this and then um you know fast forward to us going to a couple big Japan shows together a few years ago when when uh I was in Japan um for the G1 and I mean we went to several shows but <laughs> watching watching the light tubes break and and fling off into the crowd and everything was uh quite the experience with you and I believe that that may have been one of my first ever deathmatch wrestling experiences. Not to go off on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, it's so. okay. We we can go off on tangents. Uh, I mean, I think that was my first live deathmatch. Like I had seen in Japan was like it was you. Um, it was it was Mort. It was our our mutual friend uh, Matt McEwen. Yeah. I think Matt and I had probably the same experience at that show. We we're like, oh, like look, there's glass in my lap yep (laughs) i'm not i i don't know how i feel about this and then i i believe you were you were smiling and i i definitely know mort was smiling and i I believe some of that was because of the alcohol he he consumed throughout the day but um likewise i I had quite a few strong zeros (laughs) you did too yes um but that was right after the uh the g1 finals that yes we went to and because of you two i uh i missed the uh the astronauts match i believe yeah well As we record, I'm actually wearing an astronaut shirt, so I'm still equally as disappointed in myself as well as us collectively as a group for for kind of him hawing around Budokan um, and watching Tanahashi celebrate all the way until he gets to to the back of the arena and then kind of filtering out like sardines um, of the Budokan and then trying our best to rush over to Corkin. That's uh Still, probably one of the funnest days of my life. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I was saying to I, I believe our other friend who is with us from from Germany, Jonas, they him and Matt were had already come out, and I was just like, "Where's Where's Joey and Where's Ward?" And they're like, "Oh, they're still watching Tanahashi do the air guitar bit because you guys have never seen it live, I think, um, or Ward hadn't." And yeah. and I was just like, "Well, well, fuck them. Let's." They know where Corkin is. Let's That's go. Fair. That's Let's go. Fair. But they're like, no, we should stay together. I'm like, no, we're gonna we're gonna miss matches. Like, and I might miss a match that I actually want to see. And I did, but that's that is water under the bridge. And you know, we, I, I don't hold a grudge, as you know. I'll know if if I did, you and I would not be talking yeah, right yeah. now. But um, <laughs> I mean, it was astronauts versus wasn't it Sato and and Sakamoto? So it wasn't like you know just some run of the mill yeah but it's the astronauts you know you know how much i love the astronauts oh no of course no i'm saying like like it's double disappointment on my level because i mean that's obviously that probably was you know one of the more hyped matches that i wanted to see on that trip and then of course they put it on as an opener so i don't know (laughs) we could shame ourselves or or not not you of course but me and mort 
or uh, we could shame Big Japan for putting the main event on first. Yeah, on the same day as the G1 final. <laughs> I, I yeah. I mean, get back to quickly getting back to your your uh, your love for death matches. I was just gonna make a joke. It's like you saw Masashi, Masashi Takeda just like start using garden shears to cut people open. You thought, oh, this is for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it was uh, you know getting older and getting more of a, a callus over my heart and my conscience or or something. But I don't know. The violence kind of drew me in ever since then i don't know what it is but, uh, uh, fair enough fair enough i do know like you 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 made a big purchase of big japan stuff from ivv videos yeah yeah i i well there's this, this huge gap in like videos that i i don't have in my personal collection so i was like you know what screw it i'm gonna buy four years worth of every big japan show and then not not <laughs> including the the ones i sent to you right yeah, yeah, no, yours are from 2007, so they actually helped me fill out a good portion of 2007, and I need to get the rest. So <laughs> uh, it's a it's a work in progress, but yeah, if uh, I have a little DVD burner, and uh, I'm I've been filling my time up with a lot of uh, ripping of DVDs. So if anybody needs any of that type of work done, uh, feel free to contact me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like I put I up on Twitter. Free. I put up on Twitter, like, you know, when I came back to Canada, I, I moved back into my, my, my family house and I, I kept all my like wrestling media here. I took none of it with me. And I, I had forgotten, Joey, like how much like copies, like DVD copies I have of Japanese wrestling from <laughs> between, I'd say 2004, which is like really like the height of my like buying of DVDs. Um, before I was, I was tape trading, you know, I was doing VHS and like, that's another story. Like if you have ability to, uh, rip VHS on, into, onto your computer, <laughs> I, I will maybe start sending you like VHS tapes. You can, you know, I randomly have, uh, you know, like Monday night, raw WCW thunder from like, I don't know, 1998 on, on a VHS tape somewhere. And then it'll say like new Japan pro wrestling, 1997, <laughs> uh, BOSJ, you know, which is, you know, we'll talk about the BOSJ a little later. But, you know, like if you have that ability, you know, VHS ripper, I'll send sending you stuff maybe, you know. I think I could figure out a way. And and I, I don't know if, if you follow Roy Lucier on, on Twitter or any of the social medias, but he uh, he's been ripping his VHS collection and he'll throw up, you know, a random like six hour slow speed like block from a random VHS that he finds. I think. Um, and throw, oh, sorry, sorry. I think the trick would be you, you like, if you get one of those VHS like DVD rip, rippers. Like, Definitely, yeah. And then you rip the the DVD version of it onto like your your uh, your computer or something like that. That would probably be the thing. I I, I don't know where you would find those. eBay, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure they exist, and I'm, I don't know. Sometimes I. Who knows with the conversion stuff, but sometimes it's super cheap. Like I got a DVD burner for like twenty five bucks, and it's like life changing. I have my my whole collection. It's it's being converted and stored on hard drives now, which is a it's a setting my my mind at ease because I'm I had a hard drive fail a few months ago. Oh yeah, so that was a a, a big turning point in like my collection. I'm like I need to I need to do something about this to make sure this doesn't happen again, so I can you know, share it with other people just in case. And, uh, if, if I run into this issue, I can get that, those copies back and vice versa, you know? So in, at some point, I think you're going to have to like, just invest in like a huge amount of cloud, you know, yeah. 
cloud storage. And then obviously, like if that happens, like maybe I will have to, you know, join in on the cost with you. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, we, we, we should uh, we should maybe, you know, take this into the DMs and maybe ask a few other people and, and see what we can compile, because I think we could probably. And before out. people ask, oh, can I get <laughs> can I get a link to? No, 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 this is unless you pay for it. <laughs> This is just privately shared between two individuals for non-commercial use. Just so that's very clear out there, just so people know. And I'm not saying exactly what kind of files we will be sharing. But anyway, uh, let, let's move on to today's show. We got a lot to talk about, actually. We're going to be talking about some of the more recent uh, happenings in wrestling, including some of the big matches that have happened the last couple of weeks. Um, I want to start off with the uh, Super J Cup, which happened last night. Uh, on New Japan World and on Fight TV. I did not watch the uh, the Fight TV feed uh, because I have access to New Japan World, so I watched it on that service. And um, did you watch any of the Super J Cup from last night, Joey? So, unfortunately, uh, I fell asleep very early last night. Um, I woke up this morning and saw the first three matches. So, all the way up to Blake Christian and Ray Horace. Um, I also saw ACH and TJP, and then the opener... Clark Connors versus Chris Bay. Okay, well, that's, that's that, all I saw. That's good because I missed the first match of, of uh, Chris Bay versus Clark Connors, but I, I I saw everything else. And and to be honest with you, Joey, maybe it's not unfortunate that you fell asleep early and, <laughs> and missed most of the show because like I, I'll get to my overall thoughts about this show as we go through each match. So just so people know, I'm not going to go like match blow by blow, move by move reviews, just kind of overall thoughts about each match. And, uh, and I'll give a rating for each of them. I, I, I wrote down ratings for th- this stuff. Uh, let's start off. So Chris Bay versus Clark Connors. How was that match? Uh, you know, it was a perfectly fine standard opener. Um, it's as someone who doesn't really watch too much of the, like the strong episodes, you know, the, from the LA dojo or whatever studio they're, they're filming out in LA. And, it, um, you know, I just, there's something that takes away my enjoyment. I, obviously there's no fans, but, um, I don't know something about that building, even with it all done up with all the led boards and stuff. I, I don't know. I just can't really pay attention but that's not to say these two guys aren't good wrestlers um i i think clark connors is is ready uh whatever that may mean in 2020 if it means you know they're gonna send him over um to do like a gabriel kid just you know you know live over in japan for the foreseeable future or or i don't know what what other excursion he could really go on but he is just so crisp in the in the ring and um, it looks like he's he's leaned down quite a bit. Um, he's a shorter guy, but you know he's he was very puffed up and jacked um, the last few times I saw him uh, before you know quarantine and coronavirus started. Um, he's growing the hair out. He's got the beautiful long locks, um, but yeah, he's definitely a leaner. So uh, he's definitely it seems at least that he's you know, targeting a junior role once they do kind of elevate him uh, from his current young lion position. And Chris Bay, you know, he's a, he's a fun guy on the Indies. Um, also, I, I'd like to note that there is no relation. My name is B-A-Y. His is B-E-Y. <laughs> also, he's black and you're white. So. <laughs> hey, hey, weirder things have happened, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that would be, yes, I agree with you. Weirder things have happened. I think that would be 
bit of a stretch though. If you yes, really... very much so. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, it was an enjoyable match for, for what it was. Yeah. All right. Like, and I, what I thought was interesting was that they were announcing like for, for Chris Bay, he's representing impact wrestling here. Um, and then later on with the Blake Christian match, like he, he, he's, you know, listed as being representing uh, GCW or as I like to call it outlaw mud show promotion. Number one, <laughs> But um, I really thought that that was interesting that New Japan was really kind of leaning in towards not just saying these guys are freelancers, they work the indies, but that they represent particular companies coming into the Super J Cup. Yeah, definitely. It, it kind of harkens back to, you know, the old best of the Super Juniors tournaments where they'd bring in like, you know, Ricochet and they'd have them, you know, with the little Dragon Gate logo, uh, like as an affiliate or like Kota Ibushi, they'd before he was, you know, truly a, a new Japan guy, they'd always have the little DDT logo on the hype videos and on the entrances and whatnot. So that's cool that they kind of keep up the tradition, even with, you know, the outlaw mud show promotions and even with impact wrestling who um, new Japan and impact obviously haven't had the best relations since, you know, 2011, 2012. So I feel that's like good. Like the the impact that exists today is not the the you know impact TNA that oh yeah because Ichikata was in like I don't even know why there would still be an issue with I, those two companies but um one one thing I I want to make a note about with with Clark Connors I I did not get to see this match but you know overall generally I I think he's the best of the the three guys that were in the LA dojo that we got to see a lot of like between him and Alex Coughlin and and uh, Carl Fredericks I actually think. I think he's way more talented in ring, and I think he has a better persona than than Carl Fredericks. I think Carl Fredericks has the aesthetics yes, to be yeah. a top line star, but like you know, watching him, you know, like several months ago on New Japan Strong, I was just like, yeah, he's he's okay, and he's good. He's not, but he's not great, and I don't see him necessarily becoming great at this moment. You know, when he was a young lion, when he's still wearing black, I saw more potential in him. I don't know what it was. But with Clark Connors, I think yeah. it's very consistent. Like that, this guy kind of reminds me a bit of like like he could be like this era's like I guess Dean Malenko, like what Dean Malenko was to the New Japan Juniors in the nineties. Yeah. I think like Clark Connors has that potential, and he's I just I'm always engaged when I'm watching his matches. Yeah, he has quite the edge technically over the other guys. Like he's just very smooth with the. Uh, you know, just the groundwork and, and the transitions between holds and whatnot. Like, obviously that's what they stress in the new Japan dojo, but I mean, he's really taken it on and he, I just, I feel like that short stocky build just has a like people, wrestlers with that build specifically have, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but they, uh, they're more conducive to that type of wrestling and that type of work for whatever reason. It just, seems to work better for the short stocky guys. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is wrestling lends itself to more like less gangly people <laughs> as yeah, it oh, were, yeah. you know. Carl Frey's not gangly, but he is he is taller and has a longer reach, so, you know, it maybe it looks better from coming from uh, Clark Connors, but but let's <laughs> move on. A uh, second match was something I did see from this point on, which was uh, TJP taking on ACH the Battle of the Initials. I I should have maybe <laughs> officiated this match or and the colored commentary whp calling tjp versus ach here 
<laughs> That's but, not confusing at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but it, it's it's a return uh, of sorts for ACH. He's he's been he's been doing New Japan Strong for a while now. Um, but it, it's nice to see ACH in a higher profile. Uh, you know, after his departure from the the WWE NXT um, due to various issues, not the least of which is that that company's a piece of shit. But anyways, I don't want to get too negative. Apparently, my my candor and honesty. Has riled up some folks over at the post wrestling forums, but we'll we'll not go into that, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like this match. I gave it a, a three and a half uh, as far as the grapple ratings go. Um, a very even match. These guys are very evenly matched. You can tell both have super you know super seasoned based you know throughout their careers, like wrestling everywhere and and just doing a lot of work on the indies recently, despite the pandemic and uh, really technical. Not too much high flying. I thought it was more of a technical match, and, and yeah, ACH wins. And I will say this is like this is the first match I watched of this show, and I just made a point of saying like like no crowd really hurts the atmosphere. And and you you kind of alluded to this with the first match, and I found it hard to go beyond my you know kind of initial interest in the match for the work that was being done inside the ring, but. You know, it, it was a fine match. I, I do recommend people watch it, but I do think this is going to be kind of a, a, a theme throughout this review. It's like uh, maybe not the best, you know, atmosphere for the Super J Cup this year. Definitely, yeah. It's just kind of they're dealing with the cards they were dealt, and uh, it is what it is. But yeah, it definitely takes away, especially when you're you go from you know the World Tag League best of the Super Juniors Finals and Budokan Hall and there is an audience and there is a good size crowd um, to this. It just, I don't know, even with the crowds only being able to clap and them kind of breaking those rules at certain points during the best of the super juniors and world tag league show for, you know, the crazy reactions of, of the the big spots throughout that show. um, It just, I don't know. I don't think it lends itself to like going from that setting to watching an empty arena or empty studio wrestling show but um that's not to say again that these guys weren't out there putting on good wrestling matches <laughs> no I, I thought yeah. yeah they these two are two of the, the better guys out on the scene right now excuse me here okay let's move on the uh the third match blake christian representing <laughs> gcw and ray horace representing ring of honor here uh i i i thought this was a really good match again again another three and a half star match for me uh early start was a mix of kind of lucha and technical wrestling uh and again these guys are very very evenly matched even though like ray horace has a ton of experience over blake christian i thought christian really held his own with him um the the flips start really quickly in this match though joey you know like uh you know you can't keep these two grounded for very long um i i really thought that throughout the match like ray horace showed a lot more like um confidence and was more assured in his in his wrestling, especially on this kind of a stage more than, than Christian uh, had or did. Um, I, I, I take, I chalk that up to him having, you know, less experience, uh, especially like maybe on a television setting. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, one of the notable things about this match was that, you know, Blake Christian got busted open. I think he broke his nose. I think they said, they said this later on in the show that he broke his nose in this match and he was just bleeding from that nose and uh but you know it didn't keep him down he did win the match with a frog splash and and yeah again i i thought that this was a really fun match as well yeah i i 
I really like Ray Horace uh, from what I've seen of his work in Ring of Honor and PWG. Um, besides that, I, I really haven't seen much of his, admittedly. Um, um, but he's very, un- I feel like he's a very underrated uh, luchador. Um, whereas I don't know if I, I still don't know about Blake Christian. I feel like there's points where I think he works to the level of his opponent. Uh, like he can be brought to a good match. Um, but he still has so much to learn in his position. I mean, he's, he's in GCW. He's kind of like touted as like the work rate guy. And even in that position, I think, you know, they're putting him up against guys like Leo Rush and, ACH and you know like veterans of that style and when he's given the opportunity he succeeds but then if you throw him in there with somebody um, who either can't base for him or you know is at the same skill level like a maybe a Myron Reed uh, I I don't know Uh, people people praised those matches uh, throughout this year but I don't know it just didn't win me over I think Blake kind of he sometimes looks like he's moving in slow motion or he's moving through water like even with his high spots it just kind of like looks like it's like slowed down for whatever reason and I I don't know if it's just me not connecting with him yet and I feel like he could you know probably put a little bit more work into his physique and just his overall you know look (laughs) he's just kind of like halfway there in my opinion I feel like he's someone who would really benefit if he got you know chance to join the la dojo if like new japan signed him and said okay you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna train with shibata and you know all the other guys and this would include of course you know working out with them and and and, and maybe like eating some more chanko nabe yeah yeah with yeah. them as well um but yeah I, I do think like there is potential in blake christian i i i don't think he's reached it obviously yeah he's still new to the business i feel yeah. so yeah we'll keep it he's the one to keep an eye on though i do feel like him guys like um benjamin carter and and uh, Alex Zane, of course, just got signed to WWE, so we're never going to see him again. Uh, so Blake Christian is like you know someone we can keep an eye on because he's not yes. signed to the uh, <laughs> the Performance Center and, and going to be spending the next seven years there. Anyways, moving on, uh, match four, we have the returning El Fantasmo. Joey, I, I'm going to have a lot of takes about El Fantasmo as we get on through this uh, through this review, and he's taking on Leo Rush's I. I think this is his New Japan debut. I don't know if he's been doing strong. I haven't been watching strong for the last month or so. Um, but yeah, this is, um, I thought this up to this point, this was the best match of the show. And one thing that I have to make uh, a point of is that, you know, the, the trash talking between, you know, Phantasmo and Little Rush really kind of filled out the, the atmosphere of the show. Um, they were just like, you know, jawjacking with each other and insulting one another. And, and El Fantasmo in general just can't shut up. He just likes to, <laughs> you know, run his mouth all the time. Um, he, he came out and, and what happened was like, they put up this thing, you know, like, you know, like you'll watch a Japanese wrestling show and they'll say, uh, sound muted due to licensing agreements. Cause they don't have the, the clearance rights for the music. Uh-huh. So, so they did this with El Fantasmo, but it's like, well, this is like his New Japan music. Why is it being muted? And like the storyline, uh, according to, and it, this included muting out uh, Kevin Kelly and, and Alex Kozlov, who were the commentator commentating team for the show. And like, I was like, why is this being muted? It's his, it's his new Japan music. And then when it comes back on, the sound comes back on, like 
they're basically running this gimmick and this angle where like Phantasmal didn't give them the clearance for his new music that apparently he <laughs> wrote and, and produced himself to to New Japan because he's holding the office up for more money. And and this is the phrase that Kevin Kelly used. He are you holding up the office for more money? You 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 scoundrel you. It is and it's like you know, up to this point, I was like, I was fine. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Kevin Kelly's commentary. I, I do think he tends to devolve into, like, kind of cliches and and just, like, terrible Japanese, Japanese-ism, if it, if it were, you know? <laughs> oh, dangerous! Yeah, shit like that. Like, he sounds like a new, like, kind of Gabe Sapolsky during the ROH yeah. years. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to get into this too much into Kevin Kelly, but like, I just thought, oh, oh, that's, yeah, that's really creative. Who, whose idea was this? I, I hope it's not Rocky Romero because I do like Rocky Romero and I think he's a very smart man, but I hope it's not a Rocky Romero idea because it's, it's kind of dumb. But, uh, you know, Leo Rush came out and his entrance gear was really cool. He had wings, you know? Did you see this, Joey? I did not. Yeah, no, I, I, I uh, only had time to see the, the, those first three matches, but. Well, I, has, I look forward to watching this one. <laughs> he he has wings like you know, like like a moth, you know, because like his his uh, nickname is Man of the Hour. You get it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I made a note about that. Obviously, um, I believe he's got uh, he's got a big moth tattooed on his chest too, right? Or, I think so. Yeah, I did. I think yeah. I saw that. Like he's he's really leaning into the uh, the, the moth whole, uh, the, the moth gimmick. <laughs> yeah, the Man of the Hour, the moth gimmick. You know what? There's worse things out there. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's that great. It's it's a little cheesy, but like yeah. overall, there's 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 a lot worse out there. And and I yeah, overall sure. I like I like Leo Rush. I think he's a really great talent. Um, it's that during this match that they that uh, Kevin Kelly and Alex Kozlov announced that you know Blake Christian in the back has a broken nose, but he's refusing to to bow out of this tournament. Of of course he is. Like you know, like <laughs> you, you'd have to, you'd have to be shot to not you know be. Uh, be wrestling for the rest of the tournament unless unless you were an impact apparently that's a that doesn't stop people from continuing to wrestle and in fact wrestling anyways um in the, the one of the, the key points of this match was that you know phantasma has ring rust and he would he would be like purposely fucking up certain moves like his top rope stuff he'd be like slipping off the top ropes and like not landing some of it. you know that spot where he like jumps up and down the the second to the top to show off his athleticism he he fucked that up on purpose obviously and they were just like, saying, he's got ring rust. Oh, is he going to make, I think, to create false drama for how far he's going to go into the tournament. And, you know, spoiler alert, he goes all the way to the finals. Okay, just so you know, this is going to be one of my points I'm going to get to with him. Um, that being said, Leo Rush, they also made a point that Leo Rush has been wrestling, you know, consistently throughout, uh, you know, throughout the last couple of months. Um, and that he looked really polished and he looked great. I thought, his performance was top notch and you know this this made me quite sad at the result because you know phantasmo beat leo rush to continue into the semifinals. um this is a very fast-paced and and you know like high-flying move and they just went right at it no 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 technical wrestling nothing just started hitting the the flips right away um and i guess again they're, they're talking made the the made up for a lack of a crowd in here um yeah i don't know like uh you know, one of the big spots was like you know, uh, you know, Phantasmo hitting the Styles Clash to to Leo Rush on the floor, which looked uh, looked painful. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I, I I don't know how you can you can work that, Joey. Like you know, t- doing a Styles Clash to somebody on the floor. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, it's uh, you, here's the problem: it's an El Phantasmo match, so he's gonna he's gonna just give you a ref bump, which there was. 
He's going to punch somebody in the dick, which he did. He's also going to step on someone's dick while they're hanging in the tree of woe, which which he did. And and so this is, you know, the the, the first of three instances of where I'm going to see this fucking shit. And there you go. Still, three and a half stars. I gave it three and a half stars. But, you know, ELP wins. And I think we're going to see a, a, you know, a de-evolution of his ratings as we get further into the show. <laughs> I... I, I feel as though he doesn't care personally but i don't know i just think doing that much uh, without ha- having seen any of this with doing that that much heel shtick in front of no audience i don't know it kind of makes you think you know maybe you should try out some other methods of you know garnering a reaction out of the people watching at home or you know a little he, bit more create creativity. He, he falls under this trap of like like what Ghetto thinks a heel should be like. Like I feel in New Japan, there's like two really good heels because they they know how to work heel without being like you know like what I call a cartoonish buffoon. Like Evil is a cartoonish buffoon as a heel. Uh, Jay White is a cartoonish buffoon. <laughs> uh, El Fantasmo, cartoonish buffoon category. The two good heels in New Japan are Kenta and El Desperado. Because they do not come across like buffoons. Like, they don't come across as, like, you know, like mustache twirling, you know, uh, serial cartoon, you know, cartoon fucking supervillains or anything like that. Whereas, like, the other three that I mentioned do. And so I, 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 I don't enjoy, you know, seeing Elfan because he's just, he's just, he's just like full of cliches and tropes in his work. And it just, it, it doesn't interest me. Um, like, is he a great athlete? Yeah, of course he is. I'm never going to say he's not not a great athlete he is he's he's very very talented but it's just like the the things that fill out his his act are are things that i have absolutely zero interest in seeing especially in a japanese wrestling you know setting yeah no i i i agree uh to an extent i mean it's he's just one of those acts that really doesn't lend itself to especially like the, the the no crowd shows i mean once there's a crowd crowds back and and they can re- respond you know naturally i think there's a place for el desperado or not el desperado i'm sorry el fantasmo um there's always a spot on the card for for el desperado <laughs> oh yeah uh, but we'll get, to, uh, we'll get to el desperado later yeah. on in the show <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll be throwing roses at that fella later on uh, yes so next next match is actually so this that was the the last match of the opening round so now we're in we're going to break things up with a tag match it's danny limelight and uh, J.R. Kratos, who the last time I saw J.R. Kratos was live last January at Corican Hall for an All Japan show. And I, I was not impressed. And I watched it. And I know he's been working strong. I think he formed uh, the New Japan Strong version of Team Filthy with Tom Waller and, and Danny Limelight. I think, I think Russ Taylor, <laughs> before Russ Taylor, <laughs> joined the WWE, WWE. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, they they didn't know about that. Um, but like, <laughs> he didn't impress me back in January, and he still doesn't impress me now. Let me just say that um, he's just a big dude, you know, who whose trunks are way too too short for this guy. I hate like these wrestlers who wear their trunks way too short for for people their size. This is like this falls in this falls under the the Otis category, or as I like to call him Grotus. Now, uh, if you're wondering what does Grotus mean, WH, well, take the words gross. And Otis, you get Grotus, okay? <laughs> Anyways, uh, this Kratos' gear, uh, dude, tights or a singlet, please go with that. Uh, the all red 
it's a, it's a little bit much as well. Like when you see this matchup, you'll understand what I mean. It's very. Is it like is it like Dragon Gate wrestler level of like you know just really up in, in their for, business? for a man of his size? Yes, for a man I of his size, that. yes. And, and he and his entrance gear is like this really lame looking vinyl like shower curtain kind of thing. Like okay, you you see you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyways, these two took on the team of Rocky Romero and and Fred Rosser, who is also. Uh, formerly known as uh, Darren Young, of uh, you know, and his his nickname. I gotta love his nickname, uh, Mister No Days Off. Yeah, I don't know how true that is. I'm sure he's taking some days off to you know spend time with family and stuff like that and rest up. But um, anyways, the match starts with uh, Kratos and Rosser just starting the match off, and they're just laying in with the heavy shots. I thought that was okay. Um, but the main story is between Rocky and uh, and Danny Limelight, because Limelight turned on Rocky to join Team Filthy here. Uh, they get the heat on Rocky. He's basically like the, the Ricky Morton of the match for this for this, uh, for this this particular match. Um, I thought the atmosphere for this match was, was good as well, um, but, uh, you know, it, it was fine. Kratos hits a German on Rocky, and then Limelight... Uh, gets the pin on him, so basically continuing the, the the issue between Danny Limelight and and Rocky Romero. And how familiar are you with uh, the other three that that aren't Rocky Romero, Joey? Uh, so Fred Rosser, I've I saw basically his entire WWE run, and I've I've seen uh, a couple of the matches that he's had on Strong. Uh, probably his first couple of matches. Um, I believe he was in tags. Um, I've always been a fan of the guy. I think he's 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 very talented, very technically skilled as a wrestler. Um, and then I've seen Danny Limelight on an episode of Dark, and I saw him on the GCW LA show. Um, I have not seen. Uh, um, I'm sorry, I can't think of his name now. <laughs> Kratos. The other Kratos. Yes, I, I I don't believe I've seen Kratos. Oh, you're not missing much. Let me just say that. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, can I just make a note? Like, I got a shout out to to our good, my good friend uh, John Cena. He's gonna pop when he hears like I said, my good friend. It's, <laughs> it's not really true. I'm just saying that to be polite. But anyways, you know, I, I I sent a message last night. I was watching this match. I was like, you know, I said, John, you look like you know, Danny Limelight kind of looks like you. If you were a wrestler, you'd probably look like Danny Limelight. And I think he thought that was funny. Anyways. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. Let's move on. Uh, next match, uh, we're returning the semifinals. Chris Bay versus ACH, and this is my like this is actually my first time uh, seeing Chris Bay, and I thought you know very talented, very athletic, little rough around the edges. I felt, yeah. um, but you know like you know I think all that you know time working and impact has probably like you know gotten him to a certain level that like people on the indies wouldn't be able to reach if they weren't in his position. Yeah. And in ACH, I just wrote here, ACH is so good at everything, which is true. He can, I don't know what he can't do. You know, he can fly. He can wrestle. He can do submissions. He can talk. Um, this guy is like, you know, this guy should be working everywhere. And people be, should be like, like lining, you know, up outside of his door to, to assign him to a contract. I know like he has, like he has a reputation, like I think one of his nicknames was like ACH stood for always catching heat. <laughs> but yeah. um, I don't know, like if he's got those, if he's, if those aren't things that people have to worry about anymore, like promoters, then, you know, sign the guy. Like this guy is so, so good. And like, I just want to see more of ACH out there, you know, Joey? I agree. Yeah. And if, if you haven't seen his matches from the collective, 
he had a, a couple bangers. He had he had uh, a great match with AJ Gray on the Glory Pro Show back in October. He had uh, a great match against Leo Rush at Spring Break, and then he had a phenomenal match against Lee Moriarty at the For the Culture Show. Um, and yeah, just those those three matches as well as the uh, he had a couple others on uh, GCW shows throughout the summer. Um, that really just were eye-opening it's like oh we're dealing with like veteran you know grizzled young vet ACH now and he's uh he's not playing around he's not doing as many crazy high spots as he used to he's he's working more of a you know a man's man kind of <laughs> uh of a move set and uh, repertoire and I honestly could say I mean I'm I'm here for it I enjoy everything I've seen from ACH this year yeah, I, I like what you said, the grizzled young veteran ACH. And I like, you know, I think a lot of people make make note of this, that he doesn't wrestle like he's like 26 years old anymore. He wrestles like someone who's like, you know what? I don't need to do that many flips anymore. I can, I need to do some more wrestling. And then Pepper flips in to make, for it to make more sense, which, you know, yeah. I'm I'm all for that. That's just my style of wrestling. Like, I don't care if you do flips as long as it's not like, every fucking move is a flip then it just means nothing and i think the thing with like ach is now now his wrestling um means more like everything he does means more which i'm always gonna be a supporter of definitely yeah i agree uh let's move on and i gave that a, a three uh star rating uh next up is the other semifinals, and then we have uh, el fantasmo taking on blake christian uh but Christian, of course, coming to this with a broken nose. Uh, he starts off hot against uh, against uh, El Fantasmo. He, he's like, you know, he's right away he gives him the the John Woo or shotgun drop kick. I know Matt likes to say shotgun drop kick. I like to say the John Woo. What what are your oh, feelings on what are your feelings on this? Uh, I I love the John Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh, just being a Yasushi Kanda fan. Uh, I'm I'm always going to call it the John Woo kick. <laughs> okay, you know, you say Yasushi Kanda. The real innovator of this move was Sua. And that's where I first saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And then and, and of course like hearing it on, on old Noah shows, John Woo. You know, against when against when he's fighting people like Marfuji and, and Kenta, of course. But yeah, I, I'm a big you know, I'm I'm a fan of the name John Woo. I like the move as well. Um yeah. Blake Christian got a lot of offense on Phantasmo in this match. Um he dominated the early part of it, but of course, you know, Phantasmo, uh, you know, gets the advantage. He he gets the upper hand. He turns the tide by going for the nose. So he just starts working <laughs> over the nose, and and yeah, it was fine. I I, I gave this like two and a two and three quarters. Uh, again, more more bullshit from El Phantasmo. It, it basically was two thirds of the last match he had, and I'm just like, you know, at, at least do something different. This is the second time. Like Blake Christian did di- different things in his in his match, and he's he has less experience than elp and i'm just like well why can't you fucking do something different in your match <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you you basically told the same story you told in the last match and that's like you're you're a, a cheeseball supervillain and not an actual wrestler and it's anyways two and three quarters joey i know you didn't watch this so it's it's up to me to carry this um so that's the semifinals. so uh sorry i i, I do have a question so basically what you're saying is you can interchange El Fantasmo's opponents throughout this tournament, and it's basically the same match and same story each match. You can take you can take the the 
the El Fantasmo out of the match, but you can't take the match out of the El Fantasmo. Is that what I'm trying to say? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it, basically, it's like Jay White matches. They're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Jay yeah, White you... matches are all the same. I don't care. You can be the biggest Jay White fan, but you cannot tell me, like, objectively. I know wrestling is subjective, but you cannot objectively tell me that his matches are not the same, that they don't follow a formula of... Nope. The ring bells. He goes to the outside, yeah. slicks his hair back, talks, uh, with, talks with Ghetto. 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 Yeah. Ref bump. Low blow, Throw, uh, throws the opponent into the guardrail and then into the ring yeah. several times, yeah, and then it's... and then you get into your finishing stretch after a, a few rest holds. But oh, yeah, okay. no, I, I I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, same thing, <laughs> Fantasmo, same same fucking yeah. bullshit. So, anyways, uh, let's move on. So that's the semifinals, and let's we're going back into another tag match, and this is actually a, a match that I was really looking forward to because it is the returning Renderita, one of my favorite young lions in the Nietzsche Fan Dojo system, and he's teaming. With the new LA Dojo young boy, young lion, Kevin Knight. I don't know anything about this guy, except he's big and and uh, he, he looked really good in this match. And they're taking on the Bullet Club uh, duo of, of Hikuleo and Kenta. And uh, Kenta was fucking awesome. Anytime Kenta is in a match where he's just kicking the shit out of a young boy, it's always good, Joey. <laughs> so, okay, um, having not seen this, could could you tell if this match was pre-taped before Kenta went back to Japan? And I think like the key indicator is he still has his long blonde hair versus his his cool wrestler silver spiky hair that he has now. You know, I, I didn't I didn't pay attention to that oddly enough. Ah, okay. um, but obviously, this was like filmed <laughs> before. Okay, because yeah. there's no way yeah, he's, he's doing this live, and then he's moving towards you know back to Japan to to, to interfere in the uh, the. the World Tag League final. So, no, I mean, this is obviously... I think all the tag matches were probably recorded before, and then they did the, the, the actual tournament matches live. Gotcha. Yeah, That's and then, I, okay, so fun fact about Renarita coming back. Okay, so this is his first match since February. He's been over in the U.S. His last match before this, I was actually at live. It was a Black Label Pro show um, up in Crown Point, Indiana, against Aaron Williams, who is kind of a lower-level indie guy that works the midwest promotions and uh, i remember just thinking like i've I'd never been that close for young lion wrestling uh i was just like right up against the ring essentially and he was just so polished and it's sad to see that like literally his cage match listings are february 29th 2020 to his next match being yesterday <laughs> which is very I, what, what are they not why aren't they using him while he's uh uh, you know, over here. Why? Why isn't he not? I don't know. Getting I don't know. They, they they need to give the the Regal brothers some screen time as opposed to Red Narita. I, I have no That's idea. So no, 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 no offense to the Regal brothers. Like, you know. But, but, yeah, the Regal twins are great. Yeah, they're 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 very fun. But I don't. You have Red Narita over here. Use him. <laughs> that that being said, like I thought he looked really good for someone who's not been wrestling for for, for since February. And I also got to say, like. Hikaleo, I was not really that high on him when he when he first showed up. Uh, I just think it's very tough for green guys who are really tall to like acclimate to pro wrestling really well. Um, yeah, that goes back to the gangly <laughs> notes. <laughs> yeah, it is. But but he looked good. I thought he's really adapted and he's really grown as, as a worker, um, and he showed that a lot in, in this match. Um, yeah, and Kevin Knight, like yeah, I thought 
for for you know a new guy like he looked pretty good and yeah kenta like i said he's he's the he's the best heel in new japan and then el desperado is a very 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 close second and he he beats knight you know i forget the exact move he just probably kicked the shit out of him probably pk i i have to confess at this point i'm really tired like it's yeah, it's like fair. fucking midnight and i i'd been i worked like an like a seven hour shift like running around at my job doing all kinds of things and like i came home and i was you know i was tired i was tired before i watched the show which started at 10 p.m eastern and and i was tired by by this match so like i don't remember all the results i do know i gave this like a 3.25 uh star rating so it, it's worth watching if you missed Narita, red narita go watch this this match and then we get to the finals joey Finally, it's like almost like, you know, it's like quarter after midnight here. It's ACH versus El Fantasmo. My third time watching fucking El Fantasmo. And <laughs> I, 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 I was dozing off. And I, I cannot honestly say if it's because it's the third time I'm watching fucking El Fantasmo or it's because I'm just tired, you know, just from fatigue. But um, yeah, what, what did I write down? Uh, ELP attacks ACH during his entrance. Uh, he breaks the trophy on ACH's back. Uh, ELP targeting ACH's back. Uh, this is like, uh, you know, I think I wrote ELP three times in a row. Uh, sad face, sad face, sad face. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, he, he did the same match he did with the other two guys. And I'm just like, you know, ACH did the best he could. I, he, he did an excellent job of selling everything and really got, trying to get like the offense from from uh, Phantasmo over, but I I couldn't stay awake to watch this. I was just dozing off, and just so people know, I actually had a phone call scheduled with Waiting at one a.m. to kind of test out the the Zoom software on my, my the computer I'm using. So I had that to look forward to, and that actually woke me up. That that woke me up. Talking to Way it was like coffee after the the, the whatever fucking like tranquilizer that this match was for me and this show was for me <laughs> uh but yeah like elp wins oh this is his this is his second time in a row winning the super j cup and and like and kevin kelly said it best it, it's been tainted the legacy of this tournament has been tainted with this guy winning it again and i and I, I i think that's a shoot to be honest with you it's a shoot for me like i think he's tainted it i think he el fantasmo talented athlete he's a shitty pro wrestler I, I, that's maybe a hot take. I don't know. Like, but I, I, that's my feeling about it. Um, and, uh, you know, Hiromu Takahashi, after winning the best of the Super Juniors, which we're going to get to, um, he said he wanted to challenge the winner of the Super J Cup. And then, you know, Phantasmo referenced that and he says, yeah, he wants to face Hiromu. And I think that's probably one of the matches we're going to get on the, uh, January 4th Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom show, Joey, is El Phantasmo taking on Hiromu Takahashi, and I wish I could say I was looking forward to that, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, you look at the crop of guys that were in the Super J Cup, and it's like, oh man, we could have had Hiromu versus you know, Leo Rush, ACH, Chris Bay, TJP, like all these, all these guys, and it's like, oh no, they're just going to go back to ELP once they can get him a flight over, which you know, good for him, but you know, I, I would have personally preferred one of the other guys kind of getting a, a chance specifically ACH or Leo rush. But, um, yeah, he, ELP must have some fans in the, in the new Japan offices. Cause he, he certainly, he certainly gets the rub 
very well, often. <laughs> he, he, he's a ghetto wrestler, you know? He's, he's yeah. the kind of, like, wrestler that ghetto likes. And ghetto has his, like, you can tell he has his, his fetishes. And, like, shitty heels are one of his fetishes. Like, he pushes them down everyone's throat in that company. So that's that's one of the things. Like, near, near countouts, another fetish he has. Uh, managers, interfering managers who used to be junior heavyweight wrestlers, another fetish he has you know i could make a i once made a list of all the fetishes he had in wrestling this is like maybe four years ago and it hasn't changed that much i can now add junior heavyweight cheating heel managers as a as a recent <laughs> you know like fetish that he has so you know him jado dick togo i yep. I'm, I'm think i you know i'm i'm sure taka when taka was in the company you know same thing you know yep. who who else could we get to be this kind of a heel manager in in New Japan, like you know, who who else is out there? Is uh, what's what's Min's Teho doing? <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. Who is a like Yoshinari Ogawa? Like what's he's done in Noah, <laughs> which he'll never be. But you know, an older older junior kind of stalwart, just uh, in there doing Bullet Club heel shtick stuff would uh would not surprise me. <laughs> no. But but anyways, let's let's move on from the Super J Cup. Let's move back to Japan and let's talk about the uh the best of the Super Juniors World Tag League finals. We're not going to talk about the whole show necessarily. I, I will go through the results. Uh, but we're going to talk about the last two matches. Um uh, but the the opening for this was Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens and Taiji Shimori, the Bull Club taking on Show, Robbie Eagles and Toriano. I I skipped this match. I just was trying to get to the matches I wanted to see. I was kind of watching this in a rush, so I skipped this match. Like, I don't care what happened in this match. I'm sure nothing. I think some <laughs> angle with Fale and Diano again. So basically nothing happened in this match. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so Fale, after the match, took the the uh, little trophy title that Yano has um, and stomped on it. And I guess that's his way of challenging Yano for, for that. <laughs> so this is, this is the guy... Yay. This is the guy they had beat Shinsuke Nakamura at his peak with the IC title for that belt. And now he's fucking challenging for this stupid KOPW thing gimmick that I I think is absolutely stupid, by the way. But I guess that's, you know, they recognize, they finally recognize this is like Fale's role in the company is to to, to, to do comedy and, and keep him out of like main events, which I, I'm not going to complain about. Uh, yeah, next match, fair. next match, The Empire. The Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay taking on Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kazuchika Okada, and Toa Hanare. Um, I thought this was fun. Very angle-heavy match with the with the post-match beating of both Tanahashi and Ospreay. Um, obviously, you know, Ospreay and, and uh, Okada are going to have their match at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that the other direction is are, we're going is Okan versus Tanahashi. And I get to think that Tanahashi is going to put him over because I think, like, Okan is definitely someone that they're very high on. And, of course, uh, Shingo Takagi is going to take on one Jeff Cobb uh, for the Never title. We They did an angle the next match uh, following this one. And uh, what did you think about the Empire here? I really like the cohesive look that they all kind of have, um, especially, you know, after the match, doing, like, the, uh, the post-match poses and whatnot. I, I don't know. I, I personally wasn't huge on like this this uh, experiment that they're doing with an osprey led stable but um as it continues to grow and and uh kind of gain some steam it's uh i, I don't know i I, th- I think i'm enjoying it honestly i i'm, I'm 
pretty hyped for the Okada uh, Osprey match. And then obviously Cobb and, and Shingo is going to be awesome. But yeah, as a, as a stable, I, I have no problem with it. I, I think throwing Bia Priestley in there as well as, as kind of the uh, outside manager, as if we don't have enough in, in uh, New Japan already. <laughs> uh, I, I think she does a good job as well. And it's uh, it kind of shines a light on stardom that, you know, wouldn't be there otherwise. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. I, 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 I think my, you know, initial, you know, apprehension with, especially was with Cobb joining because it made no sense booking wise. Like he beat Osprey in the, yeah. in the G1 and it's like, why? Okay. Now you're his minion. Like, but you beat him. Like you, you bested him in a match. Like it makes no sense, but you know, getting beyond that logic, you know, logic, you know, jumping the shark, it's sure. fine. I, I think it's it's a good role for like Okan and, and Cobb, especially to to be in like this faction with Osprey, who they're obviously going to push to the moon in twenty twenty one. You know, despite I, I know a lot of people are, don't want to hear that, but that's 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 the fact. If you if you don't like it, I understand. If but you know, like New Japan is very very high on him, and he's going to get the push. He's probably going to become IWGP champion probably next year at some point. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh no! I just uh, I, I'm. It's sometimes it's hard to look past some of the, uh, the actions and and behaviors of of wrestlers outside of the scope of actually inside of a wrestling arena. <laughs> um, I know, I like know. I have a I I struggle with like a lot of people in wrestling. I do, but I I remind myself like constantly that. You know, throughout its entire history, wrestling is full of people who are terrible yeah, fucking yeah. people. And a lot of them nothing are, new. <laughs> are, are stars in wrestling. You know, like the, the only new thing really, and I don't want to get deep into this, but the only new thing is that now people are listening to the people who are the victims of these terrible people in wrestling. And that's a good thing. I know, I'm never going to say that that's, oh, I wish that didn't happen. No, I'm glad it's happening. And because, you know, like everything, whether it's movies, whether it's music, whether it's you know sports of any kind needs to get cleaned up, get rid of terrible people. I don't care how talented they are. You know, there's varying degrees of like you know terrible behavior and stuff like that. It's it's up to you, like what you feel you're comfortable with. But that's all I'm going to say about that. We'll, yeah. move, move, moving on, let's go to the next <laughs> match. Uh, uh, Sonata and Shiko Takagi defeated Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Takagi got the uh, I think he hit the Made in Japan on Yujiro here. And then Cobb attacked Shingo to set up their match probably at the, the fourth show uh, at Wrestle Kingdom. But I think one of the, 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 the interesting things for me was like seeing Sonata show some fire. Like this is the most like personality I had seen in Sonata in years, Joey, when he was like just going after evil in this match. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a Sonata apologist, but no, I, I totally see what you're saying. I mean, usually it's that stone-faced kind of EK men wrestler who really doesn't show too much personality give or take you you could say you know he's coming off as like the the cool kakoi kind of guy or he's just you know lifeless whatever whatever the gimmick is um i'm a fan of him i i think i i, I always have been but yeah just show showing that extra you know, fire and rage against his old tag partner is uh i don't know it's uh it's pretty exciting to look forward to a sonata match with you know, actual emotion <laughs> that, you know, it doesn't take, you know, 30 minutes into a match to get excited about a, a Sonata match, which 
seems to be a a complaint of of many people but you know your mileage may vary to each their own i you know that's fine i i get why like there are times when i'm like uh sonata come on dude what's going on? i don't i don't think he had a great q1 that's just my feeling but i thought he showed a lot of fire here and, and i have a, do have a question did he ever answer your 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 tweet <laughs> asking him if that's nope. a neck crank or not no you were right yeah no he he doesn't really do much on on twitter but uh yeah no it's that's just the mystery i've i've been i i threw out a tweet a few weeks ago um to give some context to this is uh i I've always seen the cold skull as a neck crank. And that's why he fastens his arm and bicep around the forehead and he's pulling on, on the neck. Um, whereas a lot of people see it as, you know, a shitty dragon sleeper. <laughs> so I, I just a, a poorly applied dragon sleeper, I guess. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of a mystery. I, I, me and uh, our friend, uh, Matt McEwen actually have had this discussion a few times. Um, just, you know, is it a neck crank or is it a dragon dragon sleeper? And then, you know, if there's no answer, then just pick whichever one makes you enjoy his wrestling matches more, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I, 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 when you break that tweet, I was like, you know what? I'm now thinking it's a neck crank and I'm going to, then therefore I can enjoy him applying that move more. Now. Yeah, seriously. Like if, if, if you can just, you know, rewire your brain to, you know, uh, interpret that move as, you know, a neck crank instead of a dragon sleeper, then I think it, it helps out your enjoyment of his matches and, you know, what, what bad can come of, you know, enjoying a Sonata match. There you go. You hear that, <laughs> Benno? Probably... I, that, that's, a, that's, that's a shout out to Benno and uh, the other guys at the Grapple Spotlight. It's a neck crank. Now you will enjoy Sonata's matches more. <laughs> I'm sure they'll find something else to not like about it. But, <laughs> I'm sure. They're, they're just haters over there. I love you guys, but you guys are <laughs> Sonata haters. Anyways, uh, next match. I skipped this match. You're going to, you know, Kotobushi and Master Wado with, with the cheerleader, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, on, on the outside, took on the, you know, Tetsuya Naito and Bushi. And, and, and I don't give a shit about this match, so I skipped it. Ah. Uh... Yeah, I, my favorite part about the match was Tetsuya Naito kind of egging on Tenzan with the the Mongolian chops. He did a few of those throughout the match, but uh, obviously this is building towards the Naito Ibushi match at the Dome. I I have so little interest in either Ibushi or Naito right now. <laughs> well, it's just like we've seen it. We 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 saw that match how many times last year? They nearly killed each other every time. I just think Naito's been booked terribly this year. Oh, you know? I I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if the evil experiment, you know, some some insiders say that, you know, this was on Ghetto's docket for 2020 uh, before the pandemic. But I don't know. I, I feel like the way everything timed out and yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think they stifled his, his run. They took some of the importance away from it. I think they should have figured out a different way to do the evil run or at least waited you know, until 2021 to maybe pull the trigger on that. Should have been Shingo. It should have been yeah, Shingo. Or, or that too, yeah. Just switch out Evil with, with Shingo and then you have a more work rate uh, kind of guy in there. Not to say that Evil is a bad wrestler, but you know. No, he's a bad wrestler now. Like he, this current incarnation, like I've seen him have good matches. I have. Yeah. I was at the Okada G1 where he beat him in Osaka. Oh, yeah, in Osaka that was yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's not what we we got now. We got like some lazy fuck who can't 
who can't be bothered to have a different kind of a match. And I, I'm not into it at all, but yeah, I, I've, I've lost a lot of, you know, like excitement for, for night. I've never a huge night fan. Obviously people who've listened to me for a long time. know I hated to see a night for the longest time. <laughs> it's not until maybe the last two years that I got, okay. I like his matches. I, I look forward to his matches recently because of this year, the way he's been booked. I'm not into it. Bushi is just there. He, he, he's, he's like an, he's, he just breathes as far as I'm concerned. And, <laughs> and Master Wado fucking sucks. Okay. Like that's the thing. And Ibushi again, like I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the way he's been booked and I, him and Naito together. I'm not excited. I'm sure they'll have a good match, you know, like I, I think it'll be probably fine. I'm just yeah. not into it. Like watching anything leading up to it right now before that match actually takes place. But, but moving on, let's go to one of our two main events, uh, the lesser of the main events. And it was appropriately slotted that on this card. It was the World Tag League final. It was a it was a team, the exciting tandem of Tamatonga and his haircut, and and Tangaloa <laughs> taking on uh, the returning to Japan David Finley and and Juice Robinson and his Blues brother Cosplay. <laughs> Your yeah, thoughts, uh, Joey? You know, I um, going into this, you know, I I didn't admittedly I didn't watch much of the World Tag League aside from the two shows uh, that were joined together and kind of co-branded as best the super junior and uh, world tag league shows. So I think that was the, the first night in the, the semifinal night uh, in Fukuoka. And, you know, with only having seen those, I think it kind of kept my palate kind of cleansed for uh gorillas of destiny and Finn juice match, because honestly, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of either team. I, and I, I haven't been, I, I don't think uh, outside of a few of Juice's uh, singles matches in the G1 this year and last year, um, you know, it's, it's just not for me. But I, setting all of that aside, I think that these, these two teams had a really good final of the World Tag League. I, I couldn't ask for more compared to, you know, previous World Tag League final years, but um you know, it it is what it is. I I thought the star of the match was David Finley by far, though. Oh, I think Finley's awesome. I mean, the thing with me as far as this match goes, I I didn't think I didn't think it was bad. I I just didn't care about it. Like that's the problem with with like this match. It's like it's filled with people outside of Finley who I don't care about. Like they yep. they have like they garner no interest in me. I think God are very stale in in New Japan. I really think that they would benefit with the change of scenery. I think if they went to like AW, it would probably revitalize them. And I think it would probably be in like, you know, like people say, Oh yeah, AW's got an awesome tag division. It's okay. It is. It's an okay, but it's filled with like a lot of green dudes. If you put like God in that tag division and had like, like, you know, top flight and like private party and like some of these other dudes, you know, teaming together, taking on, I think it'd probably be really good for, for both parties, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I just don't think, what, what else are they going to do? I mean, this is the first time they've won the World Tag League, so that's fresh, I suppose. But what, they're going to win the tag titles again? Boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I will say that I, I was happy for Tongaloa. He, he seemed, like, genuinely happy to, you know, just be back wrestling in Japan and to have won this tournament finally. And, you know, it, it's hard to not feel good for somebody who's, you know, regardless of if you like them or not, just, you know, they obviously put in the work 
they've been waiting for their spot their or you know their moment of recognition and this was that for for him and and uh it was nice to see him just genuinely happy about it and then the other thing with like you know juice robinson is like i i kind of feel he's kind of a wrestler who who works towards the push he's given and like he's obviously been slotted i don't know if this is permanent or not but he's been slotted as a mid carter and so he wrestles like a mid carter you know what yeah. i mean yeah. so i think he he's realized like he's lost a lot of steam since like his initial push like maybe what two three years ago and he knows he's like this is his, his role in the company and I, I if i'm him like i gotta think like looking above me in terms of like the, the roster how, how am i going to surpass any of these people it's it's very unlikely and so i think he's He's not going to necessarily put in the effort, you know, overall to to have better matches. He's going to do like because he doesn't need to, you know, for for the live crowd, he doesn't need to do much. He just, you know, he's he has the charisma to get over with the crowds in, yeah. in, at, at shows. So I think that's what he's he's going to focus on. And hey, kudos to him. But at the same time, I I don't have to enjoy it. And so I and this is okay. I if I was going to give it a rating, I'd probably go like two and three quarters or. Or you know, gentlemen's three on this thing wasn't bad, but it wasn't you know something I would write home about. Uh, but something I did write home about, Joey, <laughs> is our our main event, and that was the best of the Super Juniors final of 2020. It was Hiromu Takahashi taking on El Desperado. I went the full five after watching this, and and I did not go for the full five with the Goshizaki Takashi Sugiera match. I know a lot of people did. I did not, and I'll get to that when we get to that. To that show but i thought this was brilliant i thought and i and i i i didn't see their their cork and hall match from this tournament i just watched that that last night actually and and that if you watch that if i watched that before this would have probably been a five and and a half you know star rating because yeah it at that context of that match before really adds to this match and i recommend people watch that first if you haven't watched this one uh, the the finals yet go watch the cork and hall match and then watch this um, this was this was just an absolute fucking clinic of Desperado just going after Takahashi's leg with the stretch muffler and you know all the other things he did in the match, including using a chair, which I don't mind because like he 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 when he does when there's ref bumps in his matches or the, he uses a chair, he does it smartly. He just doesn't make yeah, the referee yeah. re- look like an idiot, which is what like Evil and and and, and Jay White do and El Desperado as well. They just emasculate the referees that that are wa- working their matches, whereas like Desperado doesn't really do that. There there are instances where it, it, it's borderline he does, but it never goes fully beyond that over that line for me, where I can still enjoy a lot of his matches. Um, obviously, the big spot that people were like losing their minds for was the part <laughs> where Hiromu rips off uh, the mask, the, the top part of his mask, and like you know Desperado, like before he did that. In a in a previous best of super juniors, I believe it was and, like, against uh, Dragon Lee a couple. It's Dragon years Lee, ago. and yeah. then he's just wearing like the mask still on, like half on his face. It's, there's no point. This this match, he says, "Fuck this shit." He takes the whole thing off, throws it away, and everyone pops because like one, he took off his mask. Holy shit! Two, yeah. wow, he's a good looking dude. Yeah, yeah, Kyosuke Mikami. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Do they put the mask back on him? Like, do you, do you sell? El Desperado as a handsome young man, or do you sell him as? Do do you foresee selling more masks 
for merchandise like what which which way do they go with this going forward i don't know okay on that question i'm gonna say keep the mask on him because because you have he has if he's gonna stop wearing the mask he has to lose the mask versus mask or mask versus hair match i would do takahashi versus desperado mask versus hair match that's what i would do if you're going to yeah. have him lose the, the the mask, do it in a match against Takahashi. I think that's the only person that makes sense. The other thing, like, you know, I, I'm very aware of Mikami's history with Hiroma because they were dojo mates, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Those, those two, along with Evil and, and with Fale. These four guys were dojo mates. And so there, there's a lot of history with these guys. Maybe a lot of people don't know about because they don't know it's Kiyosuke Mikami, right? That, that's El Desperado. But if you know that and you know... Like how he started in New Japan, like this this match has a lot of like like context to it, and 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 it's really rich in terms of the story that the underlying story between these two, because like a lot of the way a lot of, a big part of Japanese wrestling is like generational rivals, which these two are, and I I love anytime they wrestle each other because I know that context, I know that history, and I thought that just came forth throughout this match, like. Takahashi, when he's wrestling Desperado, just turns it up a notch, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, they, well, I mean, they sell it as like just pure hatred for one another. But I, I would guess that these guys are actually friends given their history as dojo mates and what, whatnot. And um, I, I think it's just one of those, those, you know, situations where friends let each other beat the hell out of each other in the, in the context of a professional wrestling match. And they, they laid in more because they know they can. And um, yeah, these dudes did not hold back. And there probably is some, uh, I don't know, some underlying feelings of, you know, like Desperado maybe thinks, you know, I should have had the, the push like when we came back, but you know, he was, he was sent to friggin' Noah with the rest of Suzuki goon for, what, well, when, when he came back, I thought the I always liked the the mask. I looked the I liked the look. The only problem oh, yeah. with with when he came back was he had the guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He had it and, strapped to his back. Yeah, and I just thought, oh, he's doing a fucking shitty, he, shitty fucking Jeff Jarrett gimmick, and and like not that Jeff Jarrett's you know that great with the guitar himself. So it's like, oh, he's kind of saddled with doing a shitty version of a shitty gimmick. So. I, I was like very happy when he kind of evolved beyond that. He doesn't do the guitar shots anymore. He's not reliant on these kind of like, you know, like heel tactics like Ghetto loves. Like I think he's really become his own wrestler. I and I actually I think his his tag team with Yoshinobu Kanemaru is fantastic. I think they're fucking awesome as a tag team. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, and then yeah, to go back to uh, uh, your note about the interfer or not interfer- interference, but. Uh, um, when Despy used the chair on the outside, um, like you said, you know, he, he's not just, you know, pointing in the opposite direction and making the referee like walk to the other side of the ring and act like, Oh, I'm looking at something like he actually took the junior tag belts threw them to the other side of the ring. So the ref was truly distracted. And that's when he took advantage of using the chair to kind of wallop on, on Hiromu's leg, which, you know, it's just little things like that, that kind of, help you keep your suspension of disbelief throughout a wrestling match. And, um, you know, there's just so much, there are so many details throughout this match that like were kind of ingrained in reality that just, 
really just make it a, a visceral, just like you can feel this match, you know, it's not just like a standard, you know, flippy junior match or, you know, a main event match. It's like, there's emotion of being like, <laughs> like extorted out to the audience watching, which is uh, always very helpful in these, in these big dramatic finals. I don't, I don't think it's asking much to, to have your, you know, disbelief suspended during wrestling match. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. To keep it as like legit as possible, like the, what you're watching is like, oh, that's not fake. Like that's all I ask for my wrestling. Like to not say, oh, that's not fake. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's asking much. Um, but you know, for for me overall, the show was okay. Like I, I do think it's a one match show, and that's the main event. If you're pressed for time, you don't need, really need to see anything else on this show. Uh, I would just, but I think this is one of the the best matches I've seen this year. Um, yeah. I think it's. Might be I. I'm thinking it's better. Like I'd have to rewatch the, the the Russell Kingdom main event matches, but for me, like maybe this is a recency recency bias, but this is probably the best New Japan match of this year for me. Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, I'd say the same uh, for for me as well. Uh, the only thing that holds it up is you know like the the COVID crowds. Uh, I I can't even imagine what this would have been like with uh you know a normal conventional wrestling crowd setting like how great would it be if like you had all of the the fans just like screaming at the top of their lungs and they granted they were once uh once despy ripped off that mask you could hear just the roar of the crowd which was you know goosebump inciting (laughs) you know i just like i it was it was so cool but you know it, it it stinks that we we uh didn't get to see this this match in this grand setting with you know, a normal crowd setting, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's up there with Okada and, uh, Ibushi and, and, and all the, the great matches from the dome this year. Um, that's for sure. I mean, kudos to these two, by the way, they, they headlined this show and it looked pretty, you know, with the, with the, you know, the COVID restrictions for crowd, crowd numbers, they held it in Budokan Hall and that's, that's gotta be a, like a career highlight for both these guys. They're juniors in new Japan and they headlined a Budokan hall show. Like that's fucking amazing. And, and and I'm so glad both these guys got that on their, their, their CV. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's really nice to to look back and say, I headlined, I had a fucking five-star match with, you know, one of my greatest rivals in Budokan hall. Both of them can say that about this match, but, um, yeah, uh, and we'll be talking about Budokan Hall a bit more <laughs> as this show progresses. Um, just some quick notes about New Japan. Um, Kevin Kelly confirmed that he and uh, Chris Charlton and Rocky Romero will be doing uh, live English commentary. Um, from, I, I think they're going to be at the Tokyo Dome, maybe. I think they're probably heading over for that. Um, I think that's what he said. At yeah, Russell I think Kevin Kingdom. said he's going to be in the building. So at Wrestle Kingdom 15. So I, I imagine they're, they're, you know, Chris is already there. So I imagine Kevin Kelly and Rocky are, are leaving very quickly for, for Japan to do their quarantine. They probably got the okay from the Japanese government. Uh, of course, uh, you know, like what, what do we have here? So let's, let's talk about, oh, okay. Another thing with the, with the Budokan. Uh, New yeah. Japan announced it will hold its 49th anniversary show at, at the Budokan. Here's the thing. We're going to talk about the Budokan, like all these companies like running shows at the Budokan and parent, I, I think the Budokan must be like having discounts on its rental fees. That's yeah. Okay. So I, I tweeted this, uh, in light of, uh, Noah announcing that they were doing Budokan in February. So looking at the, 
the official number for yesterday's show at Budokan for the best of the Super Juniors World Tag League final. It looks like they did like 3,564 fans in the building. And you could tell the second half of the upper deck of Budokan was completely empty. Like, I don't know if they just didn't sell tickets there or they didn't reach uh, those limits and they, they were selling up in, in terms of what what uh, sections of the building they, they sell tickets for. But, you know, 3,500 in uh, what Budokan's, what, 16,000 or 13,000? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't foresee Noah... <laughs> Uh, doing too well but that's not to say if they don't get like if they could get you know 3,000 people in the building um, I, I I can't not say that the show looked terrible on on the optics of the show yesterday looked bad um, you just, just turn the lights down low and and kind of <laughs> hide the fact that it's three-fourths empty <laughs> I don't I don't know what the game plan is but it definitely adds some levity and some uh some added importance and drama to to the show just being in Budokan, regardless of how many people are there. So, well, I mean, like Japan, like everywhere else, the numbers for COVID infections are rising. Like, yeah, Japan, yeah. you know, seemingly had had a pretty good grasp of this. Like officially, like I have a whole you know theory about like unofficially, probably not, because like the way Japan handles COVID testing and stuff like that is leaves a lot to be desired to be quite honest with you. I'm, I'm not going to necessarily get into it on, on air here, but let's just say like, you know, you're, you're not going to get the best response going to a hospital for getting one to get a COVID test. Let me just say that right here, right here. But um, this, this 40, uh, 49th show will be on uh, March 4th and last year's scheduled match was going to be the IWGP heavyweight champion taking on the IWGP junior champion, which was of course Tetsuya Naito and Hiromu. Takahashi. So, like, I don't know if those two will be the champions come 2021, um, but if they are, I can see that doing very a very good number um, for 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 New Japan running the Budokan, even with limited crowds. Definitely, yeah that that would be awesome. As I, I'm actually looking at a, a cover of uh, a Shoe Pro magazine from I believe it was the New Beginning uh, that where they kind of. Uh, planted the seed for Hiromu and Naito having that match and just doing the, the whole pose after Naito B. Kenta at, uh, um, where was that? Osaka Joe Hall, I believe. Um, but yeah, they kind of put a nail in that and just haven't really referenced it since, but that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. But I would also be completely fine with them doing Ibushi versus Hiromu. If, if that's the, how everything kind of plays out, that would be pretty awesome as well. Uh, that'd be a, like a first time match too. And like, I, I would probably be like on the surface, more excited about that, that match than I would Definitely. about Naito versus obviously that there's more history, more context with Naito and Hiromu, but I, I'd be, I would be more excited, you know, for Ibushi versus Hiromu to be kind of honest with you. Um, before we move on to all Japan, let's just talk about, you know, we're, this is the, the December show. So we're not going to be, back on post Perez until um, probably right after Russell kingdom. So let's talk about match possibilities that we have so far. Like, let me know what you think. I'm just going to run down my, my thoughts. Uh, Okan versus Tanahashi, uh, evil versus Sonata, Takagi versus Cobb for the never title, uh, God versus uh, dangerous techers, Tai Chi and Zack Sabre jr. For the tag titles, uh, Kenta versus juice Robinson, maybe for the, uh, the briefcase. If, if they're not all, 
working us and, and Moxley's not coming to defend that fucking title. At this point, just strip him of it and put it on and just have it be for the title then. You know, it's yeah. like people will say, oh, who cares? It's a U.S. title. Well, they care, obviously. Why do they, you know? Like, if it makes no sense to keep it on Moxley if he's not going to be able to go to Japan to do it. I think he might show up. I think there's a good outside chance that he might show up. Um, uh, who else have we got? Oh, Hiromu taking on El Fantasma, probably on night one of the Wrestle Kingdom, and then taking on Taiji Shimori. Whoever wins that match, which I assume will be Hiromu, yeah. it would make no sense for ELP to win that match. But And then, you know, Hiromu will challenge Ishimori for the junior heavyweight title on the fifth and then uh the main events will be you know kota bushi taking on tetsuya naito on january 4th for the title and then the winner of that match taking on jay white on the fifth and i i'm gonna go my prediction is ibushi goes all the way he beats naito on the fourth and then he successfully defends the belt against jay white on the fifth yeah that kind of wraps up the main event stuff in a bow for the full year kind of story arc of ibushi uh kind of dropping the ball last year two nights in a row and then coming back this year and, and, uh, you know, redeem or redeeming himself. Uh, but yeah, no, that sounds like a good card. I, I do worry about the drawing power of January 5th. Um, well, the last instance, I, both, both nights. I mean, they're, they're like on weekdays. <laughs> so yeah, but, yeah, that's true. But I, I, I think, you know, and no foreigners, no, 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 like outside tourism is going to be allowed yeah. in. Like, especially with rising numbers and like, you, you know, Canada, United States. Um, I don't know about in the UK. I don't know about Austra- maybe Australia, New Zealand can like be allowed to be but, but even in Japan itself, numbers are rising. So I, I don't know like what kind of crowds are going to be drawing from the Japanese population itself. Like, let alone like there's going to be no tourism in that country. I don't see them opening the, the the borders to they'd be insane to do that you know, yeah. especially to north america i i would not do that i don't think that's likely um yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see what they draw though yeah for sure yeah january i think just given the the staying power of january 4th like that obviously same as last year they'll they'll do a bigger number um whether that's you know the full twenty thousand or you know give or take a few thousand um I guess not give or take, but, you know, maybe a few less. Um, but, yeah, January 5th might be, I don't know, <laughs> 10, 15 maybe max. I don't know, inside of a big dome that um, it'll be what it is. But, you know, and I'm well, sure it'll be a, a fun fun wrestling shows. But, yeah. You know. Well, we'll see what happens in, in, in you know, like post, you know, January 5th. We'll talk about it on the next time uh, Post Perez comes back on uh, after that show um let's move on to all japan and we're going to talk about the real world tag league finals uh i i did not see a lot of the real world tag league just because like a lot of the teams i i thought were terrible uh <laughs> the 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 ecw homage team of tanaka and tajiri i didn't watch any of their matches um i i skipped most of purple haze uh sai and yoshitatsu i said no fucking way uh, the only teams I was interested in was like Kumarashi and Shitarashino. And I got to say, I'm not a huge fan of Kumarashi, but like I think I think he really grew as a performer throughout this tag league. Um, uh, Violent Giants and um, Next Stream and Jin, those were the teams I was whose matches I would more or less watch for the most part. Um, and to some degree, like the 
Big Japan team of Sekimoto and Abdullah Kobayashi. <laughs> but, you know, I honestly, I, no slander. I, I, he's a nice guy. I've met him. Very nice man. But he did not belong in this thing. Like, it, this spot should have been given to Akira Hyoto. It should have been given to Takuya Kato or, or someone else. Maybe even no, Takuya Nomura. I don't know. But I just felt he was too goofy, like the grabbing the ropes. Break! Break! Like, <laughs> and then he, and he, then he just, you know, did his bleeding gimmick stuff, like and stabbing people in the fork. I, I, I don't want to see this, like in, in all Japan. It just, I know, like, oh, but WH Abdul the Butcher himself was in. All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, not in the nineties. <laughs> it's in the fucking nineties, and this is not Abdul the fucking Butcher. This is Abdullah Kobayashi. Yeah, he's a comedy wrestler. Okay, he's as Hideki Suzuki himself said to me face to face. He's comedy wrestler. Yes, I know. Yeah. That uh, is no, what he is. I, I per, as you know, having probably helped me acquire uh, several uh, Kobayashi Gundam shirts over the past couple of years. Um, I'm a big fan of Abby. I, I just, I, there's something just uh, inherently likable about him for me. I, I don't know. And then, you know, there's also just the context of, um, thanks to you having gone back uh, recently and watched uh, Daisuke's and Ab- Abdul Kobayashi's uh, uh, Big Japan tag team title run from 2006, which was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, it had me excited for them to kind of rejoin, rejoin and uh, uh, kind of see what they could do in 2020 in all Japan. And, uh, you know, I, I only watched the opening night in Shinjuku Face, which I thought was overall a very fun show. Um, and then I watched this final night, and uh, I thought it was equally as fun, if not more fun. Um, but yeah, no, I I totally understand what you're saying about Abdullah. Um, I think it's just a testament to him being pals with, you know, the Booker, or apparently the Booker Shuji Ishikawa, and, you know, it, just getting a a little friendly uh, rub and getting a few extra bookings. Um, I think that's all that it really was. And uh, well, I guess this doesn't really help since he actually pinned Miyahara, but uh, it would have worked as uh, pretty well for him being the fall guy. So Sakamoto doesn't have to take the fall, but yeah, it was, uh, I thought the last, the first night and the, the, the final night of this tournament were, were pretty fun watches. Overall. Yeah. I think, I think the first night was a little bit better for me. Like the, Final night, I didn't. I didn't see. I like maybe I skipped like three matches on this just just for time considerations. Like it's hard for me to watch full shows if I'm not watching them live. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I watched the last two matches of this show. Um, the Ishikawa and Suwama taking on you know Kobashi and, and Sekimoto, and Suwama just laying it into Abby, which I, I enjoy. I, I I'm a Suwama guy. I like him more than I like Abdullah Kobashi. So him choking him out. Doing the match, perfectly fine with that. But the main event, holy fuck, I love this match. I what I liked about you know Miyahara and Aoyagi next stream taking on Jake Lee and Kojimoto Jin was that both these teams like worked as teams. They did a lot of like teamwork against each other, and and they just have both of these guys, both of these teams have excellent chemistry with between teammates and, and against each other as opponents. I thought it was just really, really, really great fun match. Yeah, no, this is like top tier match of the year level for me. I thought this this final was incredible. Um, I thought the star of the match by far was Koji Iwamoto. He is 
like quickly like I, he's always been on my radar since the first time I saw him I thought he was he was great with the judo throws and everything but man if he's just not like the second coming of Minoru Tanaka with like the smoothness and just that, that I just get glimpses of of young Minoru Tanaka and him like more and more as time passes and he's just next level I think he's incredible Oh, I would totally agree. I would I would also say like Ima Aoyagi, he's he's kind of really getting the huge push. Yeah, yeah. out of this. And I think he acquitted himself equally as well as Koji Iwamoto. Like I I've been really impressed with Iwamoto like throughout this whole tournament. He did not look like, you know, like, you know, how a junior, even though he's a junior champion, like you should you should always protect your your champion no matter what division they're in. Like he he was not presented as a junior. He was presented as an equal to all the headweights yes. he was facing. And I got to think that's maybe something to do with, like, also, like, Tajiri. It's been reported that Tajiri is also, maybe, I don't know if he's replaced Ishikawa fully, uh, but he's apparently now the head booker of All Japan. I can see, like, Tajiri saying, look, listen, I pushed as a heavyweight, like, and this guy's, like, super talented. Like, he's not that much smaller yeah. than most of the guys in this company. Like, you could conceivably credibly push him as as a heavyweight in this company and it would work i think all you just do is just put on a little bit more muscle mass that's it i wouldn't go crazy yeah. with that and he's pretty he's pretty thick as it is and i mean i mean if you at this point i i know it's slander because everybody loves shotaro ashino but i mean ashino is a relatively short guy as well and if he can pass as a as a heavyweight against some of these guys in all japan than i think iwamoto can i and i I think iwamoto is putting on more size as we speak (laughs) he just he looks like he's getting puffier and and kind of thicker um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off though (laughs) oh no 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 like i i I think you know depending what happens with naoya nomura if he comes back or not like they they need someone to take that spot you know like and he's already teaming with jake successfully they've been multiple times they, they've held the all Asia tag team titles and they're an excellent excellent team like their 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 chemistry is a lot better than miyahara and aoyagi who are yeah. great themselves but i think because lee and iwamoto have been teaming consistently and have had tag team title reigns together that these guys just just off the charts you know chemistry and and like you can tell that they're they're friends outside the ring and probably do think about their matches a lot together and just talk about like, we should do this in our match. We should do, you know, this, uh, this deep double team move in our match and things like that. Yeah. yeah. But you, you know, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to continue to, to kind of praise this match. I just thought it was awesome. <laughs> it was, I, I think it's like, you know, I have to go back and look at my notes, but like, I, I think this is probably in the top three tag matches I've seen all year. Uh, and you know, usually the real world tag league always, the finals usually deliver far more yeah. than New Japan's World Tag League for me, at least. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, they just they act they actually put importance and like uh, they actually it actually means something to win this tournament as opposed to just like you know you get the mid card tag team title match at, at the dome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I and uh, I I do want to point out um, since we didn't really talk about the undercard that. Uh, the continuation of the infants, uh, three blaze and, uh, purple haze kind of feud continued after, uh, I believe it was 
after the Masato Tanaka and Tajiri versus Izanagi Irie match, uh, Koji Doi and what other? Hokuto Omori. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Um, I was going to say it was Kodama, but no, yeah, you're right. Um, They came out and pulled off Izanagi's mask. um, And I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's much of a secret, but Izanagi is Atsushi Maruyama. What? Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Um, but yeah, just that little angle uh, thrown in there, uh, it felt important, and uh, it has me excited for whatever they do with those two stables. Oh, well, it's leading in the post-match interview. Like, you know, Omori and, and uh, Doi were saying that they want the Asia, all-Asia tag titles, which is helped by Irie. No, no, it's, it's helped by Zeus and uh, Izanagi. So yeah. I think, and Zeus is coming back, so they're probably going to book like Koji Doi and Hokuto Omori, uh, Omori to taking on um, Zeus and Izanagi. And I would, I would put the belts on them, you know? Like, I don't think you can do much with the Purple Haze group with those using those belts, so put them on a fresher team. I think it would be good for Omori. I think he's obviously getting the big push in the company. And, yeah, like, we'll see. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with that as well. I, I, I like Koji Doi. I just wish he would just be a little bit more... Um, you know, uh, kind of, you know, motivated to, yeah, to, to, he, to, to, to work a bit harder in his matches more consistently. Yeah, he looks like a guy that would be a killer, and it kind of uh, doesn't translate well once he actually starts working sometimes. But uh, you can definitely see it's there. Uh, it's just if he's, if he's motivated, like you said. All right, so coming out of this, uh, this finals between with Miyahara and Aoyagi winning, the, uh, the, the the real world tag league. There's two outcomes that came out of this. One is that uh, you know Kento and Yuma will challenge the Violent Giants of Shuji Yoshikawa and Suwama for the World Tag Team Championship at Corken Hall on January 2nd. As well, uh, Yuma Aoyagi is going to challenge Suwama in a singles match for his Triple Crown Heavyweight Championship, and that and that will be on January 3rd. Um, I don't know about this. I don't I don't think it's a good idea for one guy to challenge for two sets of titles from the same guy who's holding both sets of titles. <laughs> yeah. I, so is one happening on the, they usually do two shows, the second and the third, right? Yes. Um, is one happening on the second and one happening on the third then? Yeah. Yeah. So like the tag team title matches on the second and then the, the triple crown match will be on the third. Um, I, I'm going to say like it would, be, if I'm booking it, I would have Miyahara and Aoyagi win on the second, I think they should become yeah. the world tag team champions. I think Bion Giants have had that tag team title too long. I like the team, but they're just having they kind of have a chokehold on the on the belts. I I would not have Aoyagi win the triple crown. I think during the course of the tag league that you know they they did a pretty good job of like building up the issue between Suwama and Jake Lee, where they had a post match brawl after one of their matches with one another, um, like in a tag match, and I thought that's it. Like Jake's. Just build up Jake. like, And you know what? Jake should win the Triple Crown. I think he's shown a lot of improvement as far as his persona goes inside the ring. He's shown a lot of fire throughout yeah. this tournament. And I think you got to pull the trigger with Jake and, and give him the titles. Yeah, he's pretty polished at this point, just personality-wise. He's had it. He's had the skills in ring, but like he's got that 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 personality now that kind of shines through and, and elevates his work. And I uh, I agree. It's it's got to be somebody though. I, I feel like Shawama's kind of running on fumes and needs a break. Honestly, he's just he uh, he's he's definitely looked worse in there. 
uh, at previous times when his back has had issues. But I don't know. I just, uh, I, feel I, like I, I think he's acquitted himself fairly well throughout this year with being the triple crown champion. I, I have at least, I'm trying to remember which, which one it was, but I have at least one of his matches is like five star. I think it's the one he where he beat Kento for the title. And I was very high on his match, his title defense against uh, Ashino, Ashino as well. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, moving on with the news, like one of the sad things I had to report is that Yusuke Okada is is going to leave All Japan, probably because like he's been booked like shit in that company, <laughs> yeah. um, and his contract is up at the end of this month, and he's his, his last match for for All Japan will be at Corken Hall on December thirteenth. He's going to team up with with the wonderful Chikara and Yoshitatsu. Oh, fuck. I mean, it continues. They're just taking a shit on him as he's going out the door. And they're going to take on Jun Kasai. You must be happy about this. Uh, Kenji Fukumoto and Masashi Takeda. So I, I assume they're, they're, the the deathmatch dudes are going to be, hey, just blow this guy up as he goes out the door. Okay, yeah. So this match, uh, or this show actually happened this morning, uh, the, the day we're recording. Oh, and, yes. Um, uh, so... I have seen a screen cap from the show, and there are, in fact, skewers uh, in that match, if you can believe it. Uh, a match with Jun, Jun Kasai and Masashi Takeda and Kenji Fukumoto. <laughs> uh, freedoms is best. <laughs> uh, I Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what those three guys do to, namely, just Chikara, honestly. I, I, I think the, the skewer spot was on Chikara, but... Yeah, it's a it's a weird way to to kind of say your goodbyes to all Japan is a, a match against three outsiders. But um, well, I mean, the speculation is that he 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 didn't want to continue with the company because like the, he's been booked terribly. Yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of speculation as to why like a lot of it has to do maybe he did something to piss off either Ishikawa, who is apparently the booker for most of the year, but. Apparently, Tajiri recently took over the book. I don't know like how long he's been the head booker for All Japan, but maybe Tajiri doesn't like him either. I don't know. But you know, the, the other speculation is that like even when Jun Akiyama left All Japan to go to DDT, like you know, maybe it, it sounds like maybe some people like cut ties with him or you know didn't really because there was like heat for that. And then, but like Yusuke Okada wasn't one of those people. He he remained friends and and would like hang out with the with Akiyama and like Akiyama put on his Twitter like the day after he you know Okada had his press conference like hey look who I ran into for dinner and Okada's yeah. like Okada's got like the shit-eating grin on his face like he's like the happiest person in the world so like I think he's he says he's gonna be a freelancer I can see a lot of his freelancings you know time being taken up by DDT yeah yeah no he he definitely kind of has that general vibe of a of a DDT guy but I hope he, he gets booked elsewhere, too. Just personally, as a, a Big Japan fan, I could see him killing it with some of the juniors over there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this isn't the worst thing. And who knows? Maybe they'll maybe it's a situation where they'll continue to book him after or all Japan. That is, they'll, they'll continue to book Okada um, just, you know, in meaningless under undercard tags when when they can afford it. Or, who, yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing where he ends up and, and, and what, what he ends up doing, because I think he's a, he's a great talent and uh, would help improve any roster that he's part of. Yeah. At least work rate. I don't know about him as a, as a backstage personality or anything, but I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, exactly. I don't, yeah. I don't care. Like I, I hope he goes to, I, I think he, he would really help out Noah if, if they stopped like doing multiple 
babyface and heel turns in, in, in among the Noah juniors but like i think as as a talent he would really help round out that roster who which has it's just a pretty decent roster as it is but i think he'd be a welcome addition to that um one final note about uh about all japan before we move on to noah is that uh you know ice ribbon had a big show at uh, yokohama recently and appearing at that show in the crowd were shishikawa and suwama and they did an in-ring segment with ice ribbons uh uh, Tsukasa Fujimoto and they announced that she's going to be an advisor to their Joshi project called Evolution Girls which I, I assume is going to have some ties with All Japan Pro Wrestling Joey. That's pretty cool I had no idea about this. So yeah like I you know this is something like Suwama's been talking about for a while about doing a like adding like a Joshi division to, to All Japan Pro Wrestling but you know maybe I think there'd be some confusion in the marketplace because like you know like what are you going to call it all japan's women that 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 yeah, <laughs> so evolution girls maybe like they're kind of you know like oh that's our nice middle in between because it's like suwama's project and he's the leader of the evolution faction in in all japan who knows but i think hitting fujimoto like she's like one of the smartest people in wrestling especially with regards to, to the joshi scene like she's very influential like you can't you can't get better person in my opinion to to kind of be your advisor and I, obviously this probably means they're going to have access to the ice ribbon roster which is one of the better you know independent joshi promotions out in in japan right now yeah that's a that's pretty exciting and yeah i i personally would not be offended if they wanted to throw on a uh a women's or a joshi match uh on every every all japan show honestly like if they want to bolster up the card and and throw something else on there. I mean, there's, I, I think all Japan cards have room for that. I think if you can get rid of a lot of things that, and make room for, for something like that, for sure. Like, okay. Stop booking Abdullah Kobayashi. Of no, 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 well, he, no, I'm just that, that, no, no, no. <laughs> bye-bye Yoshitatsu. Yeah. Bye-bye yeah, yeah, Tajiri in the ring. Bye-bye, you know, Osama Nishimura. Uh, like just get rid of all these meaningless old fucking guys. I, I'm, cool with, I'm cool with Masafuchi staying around. I, I his his uh his gimmick still pops me from time to time. Yeah, the- I I am I'm, I'm I'm fine with Masafuchi, but you know, like I I don't need to see fucking Ryoji Sai or Yoshitatsu ever again in my yeah, in my life. To, to be honest with you, <laughs> but but moving on to Noah, we gotta we gotta start wrapping things up as we reach the two hour limit here. Uh, Noah had uh, on December sixth they had their big. Big show, Final Chronicle 2020, highlighted by a GHC heavyweight title match that got a lot of praise. Uh, Go Shizaki taking on Takashi Sugiura. He successfully defended that title in what many people are calling uh, a classic. I, I'm not one of those people. Like I thought it was a very good match, but for me, it was it was really long. Um, it was it was it had a lot of filler where portions like I'd say a good you know third of the match was was filled with like meaningless spots where they're just doing moves to each other that had nothing to do with the finish and here's the other thing like i know a lot of people are invested in go as with his story of his title defense defenses being all bandaged up and everything and people attacking his arms all the time that's cool i i get it like i'm i'm not as invested in go shizaki as a lot of other people and that that really affects my enjoyment of wrestling matches in general. And I like Takashi Sugiura as much as anyone else. But again, I'm not invested in his, his story this year, to be quite honest with you. So like that's, I gave it four and a 4.25 star rating. Um, 
I think I think people should watch it. I know a lot of people whose opinion I respect love this match, and and I don't. I would never, you know, say you're wrong for liking it. It's just for my own personal tastes and my own personal like feelings about about both guys and about Noah in general. It's like it didn't resonate with me as much as it did with other people. Where do, where do you stand on this match? Um, you know, as somebody who doesn't give like start or really like look at matches in the lens of like a, a star rating sense. Um, you know, I thought these last two title defenses by go have been really great and somewhat similar in that there's just a lot of, I mean, it's, it's long for the sake of being long, but that's not to say it's not a gr- like whatever they're doing inside of that, those 45 to 50 minutes isn't great. It's just, spaced out a bit more than and than what I'd prefer but I mean gosh I mean if there's one thing it's it's very it's very relatable to like how UFC is kind of being perceived and interpreted now with these empty arena shows um or the and with Noah with the, the no clap or with the only clap shit crowds and the not being able to scream or whatever the, the COVID crowds essentially um I, I think these strikes and chops uh, just really come across uh, more violent and intense than they did previously, where you'd have the crowd reaction immediately following, you know, the gunshot chop sound, but now you just get to let it resonate and it kind of echoes throughout the building and it's, you really just get to, to feel it, you know, and it's a, uh, it's pretty incredible stuff, but, yeah, I, I I like this go rain. I think it's it reminds me of a condensed or at like the latter half of Nigel McGinnis's ROH title run, where he's like you said, he's all bandaged up and and uh, basically just like held together with strings, essentially. Um, at least that's the story that they're telling. Um, I I think that's great, but um, yeah, no, I I enjoyed. These last two title defenses, uh, I, I thought Segura was great too. I love the kind of flash finish where uh, Segura was kind of coming up and he was he, he had one last kind of uh, energy boost and just like fighting spirit um, to release, and then Go just hits him with with that brutal lariat to finish it, and it was a it, it was a fun match. Uh, but yeah, just a little bit on the long side. I'm I'm not sure. I uh, 2020 needs these 45 to 50 minute long epics anymore. I think people's attention spans are don't lend itself to that, that length of wrestling matches anymore, at least too often. And uh, yeah, but I do, do wonder what go can do with KG Mudo inside of oh, the Budokan. I wish you get to that. I just want to say one thing in this match's defense is that it was, the result was spoiled for me. That also takes away like maybe my enjoyment of it is like, I know people. Some people watched it spoiled, but I know a lot of people who praised it like were into the drama of it because they didn't know who's going to win. It could have gone yeah. either way. I, I, I knew. Yeah, that I think that really helps my enjoyment of matches as well. So I think I think maybe I would have been a bit higher on this match if I didn't know who was going to be the winner of it. But you know, Go did defeat Sugiera and. The, his next title offense will be against the you know the uh, who I was how old is he fit the fifty eight year old. Keiji Muto, uh, and they're going to have their title match on February 12th at Nippon Budokan, the, you know? 
apparently the the president of NOAA was looking at uh, Budokan's like uh, availability and said, "Oh, very tough. Oh, they're free. Um, how much? Oh, that's like a song. Let's let's book that." I think that's probably what happened there. <laughs> but but you know, it's it's going to be for their their, uh, their their show called Destination Twenty Twenty One. Um, I I don't think I like this idea. You know, Joey, I I don't like the idea of you know Kishimoto, whose whose best days have been long behind him, getting this title shot. It really, you know, betrays the fact that Nosawa Rangai is the booker of this company, and that Nosawa Rangai is a nepotism booker, and Nosawa Rangai books his friends in high spots on the on the cards and on, and on the roster because he wants to give them a paycheck, and it also betrays that he has been a lifelong Mudo Mark. For, for most of his life, including no. working with him. Uh, oh, yeah. He, you know, all the Shining Wizards he did throughout his career. Uh, but but this this is this is a little bit much for me. Like, I, I don't think this is going to be a good match. Who, like, I think Go's a great wrestler. I don't think he's a great wrestler enough, not a great enough wrestler to, to drag something out of fucking Mudo. Like, what is it? Is this going to be 43 match, 43 minutes as well? God, yeah, I Yeah, what do not. they do? Yeah. I don't know. But here's the thing. I think Muda's going to win this belt because the way Muda's been booked, he beat Kiyomiya, who, by the way, should be the guy in this spot. He should be the guy to take this title off of Shiozaki. It would, it would come full circle because Shiozaki beat him for the title back in January of this year um, at, at Cork and Hall. Um, that, that's what I think should be. But he's now stuck in... Not stuck in, but he's now in a tag team title match with Inamura as his tag team partner, and they're going to take on uh, who is it? It's uh, Shizaki. No, no, sorry, it's uh, Sugiera and um, Kazushi Sakuraba as a tag title. Like I imagine they're going to win the tag titles, but I think it should be Kiyomiya because if you're gonna if you're gonna make Kiyomiya your ace, fucking do it. Just make him your ace, and he should be the one to to end this kind of legendary run that that you know that that Go has been having. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. There's really nobody else on the roster. I've, well, um, I mean, Ghost kind of went through everybody that you would consider being a, a valid contender, especially for a Budokan Hall main event. It's like, who who else do you put in there? And Mudo, in the sense that, like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're wanting a guy that will definitely draw people to the building, I guess he's he's the one guy that will help boost that. But then it's like, once you get into, once the ring bells, it's like, what what are they going to do for however long, you know? I mean, well, is he really that much of a draw? Like wouldn't Russell one still be around? They, yeah, that's, that's fair too. I mean, I, I don't really know what the, the logic is besides what you said with Nosawa, just being a nepotism booker. <laughs> well, he's just a mark, you know, he's just, yeah. a, he's just, he's just a, a mark. I mean, here's the thing is like, when I talk about the booking, it's like, so Mudo beat Kimia earlier this yeah. year right yeah, <laughs> which baffled baffled everyone yeah uh, but the only way that makes really any sense is like okay mudo wins the belt okay he becomes the third person in history to be iwgp champion triple crown champion and ghc heavyweight champion the other two would be uh yoshiro takayama and kinsuke sasaki okay mudo's maybe the third person to achieve that 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 milestone and then yakiyomiya beats the legend okay you know, maybe it's he has you know two title defenses, and then he loses to Kiyomiya down in down the line in twenty twenty one. Sure, I guess I still think it's better if, if Kiyomiya beats Go and ends that and ends that that title reign. But 
we'll see what happens. That's where I think that's going to go, though. Um, we do have to, like, I'm just going to run quickly through some through some big Japan news and some startup actually, news. Sorry, actually, go ahead. Before, before you get there, uh, do you have any uh, uh, predictions or or possibilities for what you could expect Noah to kind of pull out to draw a larger than normal crowd for this Budokan show. Cause I uh, just sitting here, I, I don't know um, what other matches are announced for the show, but if Mar Fuji's not booked, like, wouldn't it be freaking awesome if they, if they're like, you know what, like new Japan, can we have Kenta just for this one night to have one more Kenta <laughs> Mar Fuji match inside of Budokan or something like that. I, I, I think cool. the, the talk is Mar Fuji is going to have a singles match with uh, Makatsu, uh, uh, Maskatsu uh, Funaki. I gotcha. So they're so, kind of they're going to keep it kind of insular in, in yeah, terms of. I mean, I I can see DDT involvement on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they're they're under the same umbrella, corporate umbrella. So maybe you'll see some interpromotional like matches. You know, Dashinuku Dino versus Keno for the national <laughs> title. That's something I'm yeah. clamoring for. I love both those guys. Yeah. Please note the sarcasm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I think if we're going to see anything. It'll be like Cyber Agent or Cyber Fight, whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. Like just bringing in DDT talent to work these shows and do some interpromotional stuff. I, I think that would help. I think yeah. that's the only thing that would really help. I don't. I don't think Muda's a draw. That's just my yeah. opinion. Yeah. 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 I, I hope. I hope they do a good number. And and uh, I, I really think that a lot of the stuff they've been doing has been entertaining. It's just I don't know if it leads to a big house at, at Budokan, and uh, their production has just been like excellent this year as well with with the new ownership that you can tell they put more money into production and and promo videos and things of that nature and that all helps with that type of stuff and i think i i've seen people on twitter just saying like you know noah is gonna lap new japan within the next couple years thinking like you know they're they're gonna be the new gateway for western fans into japanese wrestling and you know it's kind of too early to say that i think but you know i i can see where the seeds are being planted for something like that to maybe happen. Uh, yeah, I think things go the right way. I think yeah. that's putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's a you. pretty bold prediction, but I, I do see like the, with the production uh, upgrades that uh, it's, it's very helpful with the Abema TV broadcasts and all that. The same thing that they, I hate do. those Abema TV broadcasts. I hate those fucking graphics to be honest. You don't with like you. the, you don't like the, the stamina, the speed, no. the technique. They, the, they just, they just clutter up. I, I hate that fucking ring post camera jib that they fucking got when it oh, shakes yeah, all yeah. the time. I just, I hate those kinds of touches that they bring to these Noah shows. Like they annoy me, but we, we do have to kind of just quickly move on here, Sorry. Joey. No, <laughs> no, it's okay. No problem. But, but we're going to get to your favorite outlaw mud show promotion. And that's a uh, big Japan pro wrestling. Uh, a couple of notes here. Yuji Okabayashi, the current strong heavyweight champion will take on Hideyoshi Kamatani. Someone you and I are both there are high on, and he's going to, he's going to challenge him for that on December 20th. Also on that show, uh, one of the worst, uh, champions out there, Minoru Fujita will defend the uh, Deathmatch Heavyweight Championship against Yuko Miyamoto. And I, I hope to God, like, I don't care about this title, but I hope Miyamoto beats Fujita because Fujita is <laughs> fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't foresee Miyamoto being the guy. I hope it's Yuki Ishikawa and they elevate a young guy for once over in Big Japan. That's <laughs> uh, putting the cart before the horse again, there, Joe. <laughs> again, yeah, 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 definitely. Hey, but the astronauts have the tag titles, so that's yeah, bad. finally. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I hope they, they wait to pull the trigger 
on on this this title reign. But I I can also agree with you that you know I'm not the biggest fan of Minoru Fujita's title reign in the death match setting. But um, man, I am so happy to have. I, I'm sure you are too. I don't know if you saw the Daichi uh, uh, title loss against Okabayashi from a couple of months ago, but um, even if you're not a Daichi fan, go look for that match because. Uh, I mean, they just beat the crap out of each other. And that's another just kind of sleeper match of the year candidate um, that I think a lot of people overlooked. Um, but yeah, Ogabayashi is awesome. I think Kamitani is going to kill it with him. Um, I think this I, needs I, to be, I don't think he necessarily should win the title, Kamitani, but I do think he needs to be elevated in this match. And I think he needs to be pushed harder. I, I think if you're going to push Daichi Hashimoto the way you have, like, you should push Kamitani equally oh, as much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Kamitani is definitely like the... I, I favor him in that tag team over over Daichi, but... I, yeah, he's I, homegrown. I, he's he's a big Japan homegrown guy, you know? Like, Daichi yeah. is like someone that they my quote-unquote lucked into. I don't know how much you're going to say that. I don't care how good his title <laughs> reign people are saying it is. Like, he is, he is a terrible representative of that company when he's not wrestling in big Japan, you know? Look at his, like, like uh, Champions Carnival performances. What an he just, embarrassment. embarrassment. He just kind of, he, he moves kind of like a lazy person. Um, that's not to say his, his strikes aren't, aren't stiff as hell, but yeah, I totally get what like people's gripes with him. Um, I have no reservations or, or uh, uh, I, I'm at a loss for words. I, I don't have any doubt in my mind that Hideyoshi Kamatani and, and Okabayashi are going to have like a, a stellar match though. I think they're going to beat the hell out of each other as they normally do. Um, and I foresee that match being at the top of my, or near the top of my match of the year list. Well, we'll see. I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, a couple of notes about uh, big Japan and DDT are having their annual uh, one night tag team tournament on December 31st this is an annual tradition that they have on uh, new year's Eve. Uh, they released the brackets for these, for the teams in it. Uh, we have Hiroshima and Yuji Okabashi. That's a hell of a team taking yeah. on Yukio Naya and Yuya Aoki, uh, Akira Hyodo and Makoto Oishi. <laughs> Another interesting pairing there uh, taking on uh, Konosuke Takashida and Takuya Nomura. That's, that's a really good t- sounding team on paper. Yeah. Uh, Dashinoku Dino? No. And Drew Parker? No. I'm not a fan of either. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, taking on Yasufumi Nakanoe and Yuki Ueno. Um, yeah, that, 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 whatever. Uh, and finally, <laughs> uh, here's an interesting team Chris Brooks and Hideyoshi Kamitani, who we were talking about, taking on Daisuke Sakamoto and Tetsuya Endo. Like, um, maybe that's the match I'm the most interested in. Yeah. There's always. Like ha- like for these shuffle tag tournaments that they do on New Year's Eve, it seems like half of the teams are like, you know, holy crap, I can't believe these two are going to be teaming together, and then half of them are like, well then, <laughs> and then and then it's kind of like a toss up whether or not like you, the teams that you would expect to make it to the next round actually make it to the next round in the tournament. But it's always a fun watch. Uh, it's always like four hours of just like silliness and and fun wrestling. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> something, something fun to look forward to on New Year's Eve. Definitely. And finally, uh, some uh, Stardom notes. Uh, I, I've not been watching Stardom because of yeah, like, I mean, my yeah. moving back from from Japan back to Canada. I just had to cut my subscription to s- certain things. And you know, 
until I got a job and then I'll probably re- restart my stardom because I think there's a lot of interesting things happening in stardom and a lot of things that have been getting praised but the big news from stardom and this is what we're going to end the show with is that the stardom announced that they were running their 10th anniversary show which is also my Iwatani's 10th anniversary show in wrestling uh, all-star dream Cinderella that's the name of the show and this is this is going to be uh, at Budokan Hall Oh, wow. I had no idea. <laughs> so, yeah. So, apparently, Budokan is just like... It's open. Please, like, yeah, just come in. You don't have to pay anything. Just make sure to sign your name on the reservation sheet. And just <laughs> make sure to clean up when you're done with the building. <laughs> you, you think... All the wrestling fans think think uh, think AEW is open for business? Nah. Budokan Hall is open for business. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, man. It was like a, a drought of, like, what? Besides the Kobashi retirement to... The G1 in 2018, it was like, uh, what, five years? We're, nothing. Just, yeah, nothing. nothing with, with, in terms of wrestling. And then, uh, oh, I guess DDT ran in 2013 as well. But, yeah, it's, it's crazy how many, uh, how many they, promotions like, are running there now. They must be, like, hurting for money. And so they just said, we're running discounts. Like, we're, we'll give you a break. Because, like, Budokan is not cheap to, to book. It's also not easy to book because I do think it, it's a very popular place to hold, like, martial arts tournaments and other sporting events and, and concerts. Yeah, Obviously those yeah. things aren't happening. So Budokan is probably like, yeah, we have all this free you know, spots on our schedule in the year and we need money. Hey, yep. you want to run it? So there you go. <laughs> but on that note, I, I think we're going to wrap up this edition of post press, the, the final one of the year. And, and I don't know, like I, I don't really want to do a year end kind of thing. I, we're running we're running uh, pretty far as it is right now. I'll probably talk about the, the end of the year in the the first episode of, of, of 2021. And Joey, like, I hope, you know, you, you get to join me sometime in 2021 on, on air. I, I do think one thing I will say that, you know, I've been in talks with both John and Wei about maybe doing more post-Perez um, in 2021. Uh, probably may, maybe we're going to do two shows a month. We're still working on that. We're still figuring that out. But if that happens, one of those shows would be with John Pollock always every month. But the second show would be with uh, probably with a rotating uh, guest host with me talking about different aspects of ProRes that month. And and one of those people will definitely be be you, Joey. You'd be part of the, the, the lineup for the rotating host spot if if we go through with that. Well, I appreciate that. And I'd, I'd love to be back on. I always enjoy talking to you. You're a great friend. And um, um I love the shows that you and John do. Uh, honestly, like I, I just love listening to you guys and, and breaking down Japanese pro wrestling. Uh, uh, you, I think you guys bring a lot of insight and you guys level each other out fairly well as, as well. And it's uh it's always a fun listen that I always look forward to uh, see pop up on my, on my podcast feed. So well, yeah, thanks you. for having me on, man. <laughs> thank you for saying all those kind words, even though I, I slander you with the outlaw much show talk. Uh, I know it's all in I, love. I, it's, I miss, it's all, it's, it's kind-hearted and in 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 good nature, so I, I know you're you're just messing with me I for am. the most I, part. <laughs> I, I anyone who knows me knows that my 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 appreciation for my friends uh, runs into the uh, my my uh, my sarcasm levels. If I the more sarcastic I am with you, uh, the more <laughs> mean I am to you, the probably the more I like you. So there you go. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, thank you, Joey, for appearing on Post Perez this 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 episode. Uh, thanks to all the listeners for tuning in, and I hope you're 
you've stuck us with us for these last two hours. And and yeah, we'll be back next month. We'll probably be running down the results of Wrestle Kingdom plus all the other major shows that are happening that week with All Japan, NOAA, DDT, Big Japan, uh, Stardom, Ice Ribbon, Wave. Fucking everyone's going to be running <laughs> in Tokyo that week. I, I, I don't know how good of an idea that is because I don't think COVID's going anywhere in, in Tokyo that week. And Tokyo is the epicenter of COVID infections in, in, in Japan. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I, please stay safe, everyone. People listening to this in Japan, if there's anyone out there listening in Japan, please stay safe. The numbers are rising everywhere else. Stay safe. Let's let's get through the rest of this year. Let's make 2021 hopefully a better year. I, 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 I am very optimistic that it will be. But thank you, everyone, for listening. And until January, I will say goodbye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.